0: Powered from the Perdomo Cigar Studios on the Red Stage in Indian Trail, North Carolina, and broadcasting from down under outside Brisbane, Australia, it's episode 67 of the Primetime Jukebox. Tonight, we look at important women in music to celebrate women in history months for the month of March. And as always, the Primetime Jukebox is sponsored by Perdomo Cigars. Awarded Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year in 2014 by Cigar Journal, the Perdomo 20th Anniversary brand has consistently earned the highest scores in the industry and is a top seller in humidors around the world. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary blend requires tobaccos that have been carefully hand-selected and are well-aged for a minimum of eight years. The Perdomo Anniversary is offered in three distinct wrappers, a smooth, creamy Ecuadorian Connecticut, a rich, earthy Cuban seed Nicaraguan Sungrown, and a dark, oily Cuban seed Nicaraguan Maduro. Combining these beautifully bourbon barrel-aged wrappers with thick, high-priming binder and filler tobaccos gives each blend a balanced complexity with layers of rich flavors and smooth, elegant aromas. Perdomo cigar, is a highly, Perdomo cigar is a family-owned and operated company headquartered in Miami, Florida, with manufacturing and agricultural facilities in Esteli, Nicaragua. Perdomo's highly acclaimed cigar brands include the Perdomo Estate Selection Vintage, the Perdomo Double H 12-Year Vintage, Perdomo 20th Anniversary, Perdomo Reserve 10th Anniversary, the Perdomo Abano Bourbon Barrel Age, Perdomo I 23, Perdomo Menso 70, and many more. For great tasting notes and pairing information, check out the new Perdomo website at www.perdomocigars.com. And I want to mention Agon Orsa Leaf um, this month on Cigar Coupe. Uh, if you click on the sidebar, you can check out the Agon experience. Uh, it will take you to a series of uh, videos um, hosted by Vice President Terrence Riley. Uh, and this month, uh, he is talking about the Lunatic line, which is a line of unusual shapes and sizes um, at a very affordable price um, in the Aganor Salief portfolio. So you want to uh, click on that, check out that video, and uh, you know, t- uh, keep staying tuned to Aganor Salief. And finally, by Drew Estate. Check out and download the Drew Diplomate app for your mobile device. Keep up with everything going on, Drew Estate. Experience the subculture that is the rebirth of cigars. It's available on iTunes or Google Play. For more information, check out www.drewdiplomat.com. And as always, all the live streaming for the Primetime shows is sponsored exclusively by Drew Estate, as well as the California Studios for the Primetime Show. And I left out one. Uh, Jerry Tobacco. The authentic Corojo leaf is one of the most robust and flavorful tobacco leaves out there. During the Golden Age, of cigars of Cuba, it was a leaf of choice to make some of the world's greatest cigars. Because it was one of the most challenging ones to cultivate, it fell out of favor by the 1990s. In the Hamastron Valley in Honduras, Julio Aroa took on the challenge of growing Corojo seeds, and in 2000, he successfully reintroduced authentic Corojo back to the market. With over 50 years' experience in the tobacco business, growing and curing tobacco to cigar production, the Jerry Tobacco Farm has been able to continue to deliver products to market with authentic Corojo. Now with Jerry Tobacco, who and Justo bring their very own brand to market, each containing the authentic Corojo leaf. Aladino's available on 107% authentic Corojo puro, San Andres Maduro, Ecuadorian, Connecticut shade, Cameron, or Bono wrapper representing the Golden Age of Cigars from 1947 to 1961. Now available at your local retail, be sure to ask for Jerry Tobacco, a legacy that is tasted in every drawer. Well, welcome, everybody. This is Primetime Jukebox, Episode 67. This is a late March edition. Glad to have everyone aboard. This is Will Cooper here. I'm on the red stage here in the Perdomo Cigar Studios. And I'm joined... um, around the world by my good friend and colleague Mr. Dave Burke
1: Hello Coop
0: How are good you? To see ya. Good to see you as well um, It's really good to see you and I'm really uh, excited to do this show. Um, I know we had to postpone this and um, mm-hmm. but uh, we're going to get it in before the end of March uh, which is International Women's Month and we're going to be talking some great music uh, tonight and I, I was looking at the lists that you put together and I, I think we we have a really this is a really good selection of music um and, and we do the show every year and there's certainly no mm. shortage of women's music as uh i was discovering like i was trying to do some some favorites and some new stuff and mm. boy it is just and then i just realized how much i have to leave off so that's right and then there's some songs i just gotta put on every year because i like them right so yeah <laughs> yeah it's like i know you have a couple of those too so So yeah, it's uh, it's great to be here uh, today as well. So um, uh, we're recording this actually a day earlier than we normally do, so it feels kind of weird doing this on a Friday.
2: Uh, That's right. Yeah,
1: we got had some schedule things with my uh, daughters' rugby on tomorrow. Yep. Um, But yeah, no, lots of great artists today. We'll talk about. We're gonna have a little. We're gonna move some shows around. So we'll talk about that mm-hmm. uh, and lots of lots of music news.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's lots of music news. And and I and when we get into it, uh, I mean, it. I think a lot of news kind of is like kind of impacted by this show. It's like,
1: That's right. That's right, Coop.
0: I was looking at the list. I'm like, all these things are like uh, they have kind of come into this, the path of the show one way or another, which I thought was interesting.
1: <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, so should, let's let's get into it. Um, so the f- oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was first thing I was gonna say is like the move date for the dedication show.
0: Yeah. For so people. I, so I think it's gonna be the first the first show of April. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So. So,
1: that's- so yeah. So we were thinking about before all oh, having your stuff in by I think like this week, but since we're moving the show, you got another week to get your dedications in. So. Probably by end of next week. Um, So what would that be like the end of the end of March beginning, you know, first couple of days, April, April,
0: April, like let's say April 1st. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So this is April 1st. That gives us some time. Uh, I have to finalize my list, uh, which I will be doing this week as well, but uh, definitely get it in there. We'll put another reminder out to folks before we'll be reminded now, but yeah, definitely get get it in there um, no dedication is going to be turned down so I mean no. you'll get it on and we always say if you miss it and or if it happens just, just we're happy to do it afterwards as well and you know and I obviously I went through some stuff with my dad passing away um I know it's hard sometimes to share these stories and I know it's therapeutic sometimes to share these stories so that, but I think it's appreciative um you know in either case uh so we thank you as well uh I think it's gonna mean a lot this year obviously to me and, uh, you know, so, I, you know, it's, it's going to be a great show when we do it's always one of our special shows.
1: Yeah. So you can send it in cigar jukebox at Gmail dot com. Send it in. It's just, you know, who the person is, um, like the name, a little bit about him and then a song dedication. Yep. So yep. whatever song,
0: whatever song you have, yeah, do it
1: you'd like to do. And I know I got a couple I got some from people in the sky industry i got a couple some from some friends of mine um and so yeah so be sure to just uh write in and uh and uh we will feature it on the show
0: absolutely we'll absolutely do that yep
1: um right so let's get to let's get to music news here coop
0: yes um and yeah i think the first couple of items are interesting right because we we've done our panel show and we've done the now or never segment, mm. and the interesting thing is, both of these bands have turned up in the now or never segment. I think one last year and one this year. Yeah, uh, and so maybe they they actually heard what we were saying. That's right. And uh, but uh, you actually, because I wasn't even aware. I saw this one from you on the site. Like I, this is mm. when I was like dealing with everything last week, and I was like wow and then when i heard the track i'm like wow good track. good track yeah so uh i'll let you kind of talk about that one
1: so this is uh near to to coops heart. i think he's brought this up a couple times on the show yeah that you know arcade fire needs some new music essentially good music and uh good music they heard they? you coop yeah they heard you they did they, um
0: they, the album's called we or yeah it's yeah. called we um and I think it's due to hit May,
1: yeah, they got uh the first uh the new track out um I can't something the lightning parts one and two it's a two part track, yeah. but it's really one and they, track
0: they've done that before, like with uh sprawl they did that the same thing uh on mm. uh the suburbs, so they they're known to do these like two part tracks or two tracks with the same name kind of. Yeah, Uh, yeah. I thought the Lightning 2, the second one, was the stronger track. Mm. But they were both really good. I mean, I'm like, wow, this is what I've been waiting for 10 years from Arcade Fire to follow up The Suburbs, which, in my opinion, was potentially one of the best albums in the last 10 years. Uh, Oh, yeah. And and they've been flat since then. I mean, they just, Mm. I don't know what's been happening, but this is a good sign. I was very, they listened to me, I guess. Hey, thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Arcade Fire. They heard the show.
1: (laughs) I think. And because I was listening to some of their I, I wrote a review of the song on the yep. website yep and so I went down and listened to a couple of their older albums because it's the first album in maybe like four or five years or something yeah um and they kind of went down this more electric sort of synthy kind of kind of road like a away from more more the instrumentation type stuff and this is back to like really good arrangements, like far more focused on instruments. So it's sort of back to that neon Bible suburbs type sound. So,
0: which is what they became. That's what really put them on the map. Mm. Um, and uh, they did divide this into two tracks, though. Yes. Yeah.
1: So it's it's two tracks, but I review them as a whole because they really sort of right. blend into each other.
0: Yeah, like I said that's what they did with sprawl on uh, mm. on the suburbs. So mm. um yeah, and like I said uh I was very I was like wow, this is exciting to see this um mm. and um yeah, good job by Arcade Fire here. I mean uh um I like I said I thought everything after the suburbs has been a mess for them. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um so, yeah, so they're they're back, so it's still be exciting to see what that album sounds like. Yep, um, and then Harry Styles Coop, who you called earlier this year. You you put the
0: now or never on the guy, <laughs>
1: you I put did, the now or never on him.
0: You, you, Dave put Dave, Dave turned the heat up on Look, Dave got me into Harry, okay? I like Harry, I'm excited about this. Dave really got me into Harry, and like Dave put the heat on him this year, and I'm like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> turn the heat up. Well, he's been doing a lot of stuff, but he hasn't been putting out a lot of music. And so. No, exactly. I think fine line was like two, three years ago, maybe even more. Maybe, maybe three, maybe four, maybe four. So he put out, well, the self-titled one and then fine line. And then he was doing a bunch of movies. He was sort of like. You know, in magazines everywhere, and I was like, "That's great, Harry." But you know, Taylor Swift's putting out music. You know, all these other people are putting Beyonce's doing stuff with Lion King. Like all these other people are putting out music, Harry. You need to put out some music, my friend.
0: Yeah, and he is. No, he is. I think that was uh, that's good. That was really good news to see that. Um, I was, like I said, I was, I was pretty excited. Uh, to, but there's no track out yet.
1: No, there's no track out. It's just like a teaser video. So the the record is called Harry's House, which is uh, taken from a title of a Joni Mitchell song, which is Harry's House uh, centerpiece from an album of hers in 1975. And Joni uh, tweeted about it. She said, love the title. Yeah. So Joni Mitchell's on board. So it's very interesting, Coop, because he we know Harry likes... To do a bit of a throwback, so yeah, you're... his last his, his last album was a bit poppier, but his first album was a, was like a was a seventies throwback record, really. Very much so. So it's interesting if he has a title based on a Joni Mitchell song. Is this going to be more singer songwritery this record, or is that a hint to what the record's going to be like?
0: Yeah, I I didn't pick up on that until you actually said that. Um, uh, I like, I didn't pick up on that hint at all. From you so um, That was a good pick you did
1: Yes it'd be interesting So that's in May as well that's like May 10th or something but there's yeah. No single out there's no lead single
0: No there definitely there definitely Wasn't um, on that um, I didn't see You know I didn't see anything on that just, just As of yet so um, I imagine that they will do Something mm. um, When that happens I don't know
1: well, they announced the album, so there's going to be a lot of buzz. You think they drop something? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. No, that, and yeah. you put you put this one on here, Coop. This is huge news. Oh, go yeah, ahead.
0: Actually, I'm gonna before I do that one. There is well, there was another big album announced today. Oh. Uh, uh Bruce Hornsby uh, uh has an album coming out. Uh, ah. It's called I think it's called Flicted, and the first single's been released called Sidelines. Uh. It's a little bit of a departure from some of the heavy piano stuff that Bruce has done, but it's a good track.
1: Now, his last album was really good.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, it's good to see some new music from Bruce Hornsby as well. And I just oh, saw that in the last... So I've only listened to it a couple of times, like literally in the last right. hour. I, I saw that drop on uh, on his social media page.
1: No, oh, Good on you, yep. Bruce.
0: Yep. But go ahead, Dave. You had a uh you you were about to say. Oh something. no, you
1: put this on the show notes about about Dolly. Dolly the, big, the Big Dolly news.
0: Big Dolly news. Um and I don't know what this is going to mean yet, but Dolly Parton has basically told the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame take me off the ballot, don't vote for me. Uh and uh a little bit of a surprise now. I don't this is not Dolly uh saying to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame you you know, this is nothing bad against them, right? Uh what it what it strictly was a move was um it was she's saying, Look, there I'm gonna be taking votes away from someone who is a rock artist that deserves to be in. And mm. she even was quoted as saying, you know what? I'm kind of inspired to do a rock album. Let me kind of go do this rock album and then if you think I'm still worthy, uh, I'll be considered next time. I thought it was a I mean, I don't think there was anything selfish or self motivating about this other than I believe Dolly in this thing a hundred percent. Um, so yeah, I mean, um I, I don't know, you know, what else you know I guess it yeah. was, I, I didn't see it coming, I can tell you that. Um no. what I what I can tell you is that Dolly Parton is in fourth place in the fan votes right now, um for uh Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So it's those votes haven't gone away and if and She's gonna be on that fan ballot. Um, right now, the top five are number five with the Eurythmics, four is Dolly Parton, three is Pat Benatar, two is Eminem, and landslide leading it is Duran Duran. Really? Yeah, Duran Duran got huh. seven hundred and four thousand votes to Eminem's five hundred and eighty-eight thousand votes. Doesn't mean anything because no. it's only one of hundreds of votes that's going in on the ballot. So keep that. Mind. Well,
1: I think you're right, Coop. Your theory around it's that new record really helped him out.
0: I think it did, too. And, and you know, we're going to talk about, pro- I think, promotion. Some of these older artists are, are, I think, kind of recognizing how they need to promote their albums more. And I think it's paying off dividends for sure. And I know we're going to talk about another one in a second that did this. um. But oh. I think, yeah. But I, I, like I said, I, I it's a shame. I hate to see Dolly not part of this because I've always mm. said it's contemporary music Hall of Fame.
1: So, yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not. I think Dolly too. It's like I don't know if Hall of Fame does anything adds to her legacy at all. I think it's pretty much established.
0: Yeah, and they haven't removed her from the site. Just so you know.
1: No, I mean, because they can still vote her in. Like they really don't need to.
0: Yeah, they if they def- want to.
1: They, they, they can. De-
0: they could definitely want to, but they haven't said. Uh, she's coming off. This was a statement directly from Dolly about being removed from the mm. Hall- Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Mm. Um, but a good good job by that. Um, I said it was. I'm just checking one other area, and it looks like she's still on here. So. Uh, yeah,
1: I mean, like I said, I mean they might keep her on there. They might even vote her in. Like they don't really need to. That
0: that's what would be very interesting. If they, you know, because if they vote her in, but I think since this is an independent, I think a lot of the media people will not vote. If, if I think they'll honor her request, so I, I don't expect her to get in. All right, the well, media people just want to really stick it to the Rock and Roll Hall. Just, thing. I think could I? I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, Look, actually, she's still on. The, yeah, she's still listed on the list here.
1: I mean, they'll probably keep her on the ballot, like you said. They may not vote for. her I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah. I just uh, I'm just checking one more thing. Um. No, it looks like they did pull her off. I'm just checking. Oh, did if they? I, she's on the fan vote. Yeah. Oh, no, she's on. She's on. They have her by last name, so she's still on. Yeah, she's still on there. She has not been pulled off. So, um, like I said, it's really up to who votes for her. I guess. So I guess Dave, so. I mean, you you submitted. I know a lot of those ballots. So. That's
1: <laughs> yes, right. Um, yeah. speaking of exciting. Music news. Yes. This for uh, Fear's Coop. How exciting is this?
0: Yes. Number 1 on the Billboard charts week 1. And now,
1: is that the first time ever or no?
0: They have. Uh, Songs of a Big Chair was a number 1 album but not a number 1 debut. Didn't debut at number yeah. 1. So, but Songs of Big Chair was a number 1 album, so it's a second. Um and let me tell you something. this was an absolute blueprint for how a band wants to make a comeback. Uh, they have, they, they were smart how they released the singles. They did the right job releasing the singles. They made themselves very, very um, accessible. Like they were doing a lot of promos and interviews. Yeah, they did a lot
1: of media, a lot of media.
0: And you want to know why ABBA's has crashed and burned and, and Tears of Fears didn't look, look at how, what Tears for Fears did. And guess what? The songs they released were great songs. It's a, mm. it's a it's a great album. Uh, tipping point is I think Tears for Fears is, it, it might be opinion, could go down as one of their best, um, for sure. I mean, when you compare it to songs on the Big Chair, mm. you know, it's a different album than probably anything they've done before. But in this day of age, when the, for that for that band to come back at number one, mm. in in a in a with with a landscape with a music audience. Pro, most people may not even know who they are who listen to who yeah. music people that's a big that's a big job that was a great job and i couldn't be happier to see that happen
1: oh definitely i think too what, what and you're, and you're totally right i think i think it was a very strategic well-planned out release yeah they just, didn't, i mean they just
0: did not throw the music out there which is what a lot of these guys do they, throw they released out a
1: lot of singles and I yeah. think they picked a time to release the record where they had a lot of clear air. Yeah. So like if they would have released this in May, going up against like Arcade Fire and Harry Styles, like it probably was going to yeah. get obliterated.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know how it's going to stay at, at the top. I, and I imagine it will come down pretty quick, right? But I was still kind of concerned that they did three singles and it was going to stymie the album. I, I was very so I was concerned that they did three. I could see doing two, but apparently it didn't because it was because enough people wanted to hear more of this.
1: It's really good. I mean, I guess it shows too, like how big their fan base is and how they were just like, as soon as there was good new music out there, they just went they, for it.
0: They tapped into a lot of the older fans, and when they did the two thousand, the last album was two thousand four. Everybody loves a happy ending fantastic album but i don't think they tapped into that fan base like because they didn't really promote it like they promoted this one and um and i think it shows if you promote your album and kind of get back to they went to a grassroots approach instead of doing you know they they leveraged the power of the internet and social media with this thing and 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 it paid dividends off uh and it doesn't help that the album doesn't suck either so
1: that's right yeah a lot of media like I saw them playing a lot of shows on like talk shows, a lot of interviews on YouTube and stuff. They made them they made themselves very available, which I, which like you said, helped a lot, I think.
0: Yeah, I think it helped tremendously uh for them. So, um good job um by Tears for Fears. Check out the album. I think it's I think you're not going to be disappointed. Um No. It isn't it isn't songs from the big Chair, I'll tell you that. It but I think if you appreciate what Tears of Fears has done, or maybe you haven't heard him before, I think you're gonna be happy with this album.
1: Now they're gonna they're gonna tour this album, right? Like mm. I don't know if you've heard anything, but that yeah they're they're, touring this album, yeah.
0: They're definitely touring the album. They're already scheduled to come to Charlotte. I know that.
1: Oh, so, Coop.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um. Although I heard Cheap Trick's coming back to Charlotte, and I'm, I'm already trying to hook Nielsen. Nielsen's already, I already told Nielsen. You're you're like I, tickets I want, everywhere for you. Yeah. Yeah. I said I want that backstage pass. Look <laughs> so, at you. So I'll pay for it. I don't. I don't care. But uh, yeah. But, but yeah. It's it, so I, I'm really excited, and, and uh you know, it's other every time an album goes, an album a comeback album comes, you get to hear. Um, you know, they 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 they'll perform some classics, and they'll you know, so some of these uh hearing these classics again is really uh, interesting too. And, you know, they're, mm. they're, they've been, they've been tapping their fans saying, Hey, from the hurting, what songs do you want to hear on the tour? They're, you know, and here's the thing, Roland, Roland's an odd guy, right? Roland's mm. a guy who I don't think really enjoys the spotlight. Neither is yeah. Kurt, but Kurt is a little more engaging with his fans. Um, so I also, just from hearing Roland, I think he found this very therapeutic. Uh, he lost his wife a few years ago. And mm. it just seems like he's comfortable. They're all they're comfortable doing this, which is good. Such which a is good great. record. It is. It really is. It really is. It uh, is
1: good news. Yeah. A, a little uh, a little teaser coop. One of the songs may find its way to the top five of uh, the 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 fifty songs from twenty twenty two.
0: I'm not surprised. I am not surprised. I may
1: didn't... find itself in there.
0: It was a Dave song. The second I heard it.
1: Oh God, that's a good song. Yeah. Yep, yep. I just listened to it yesterday. Oh, I yep, love that song. Yep. yep. Um. Nineties Madness, Chalk. It's Chalk, Chalk, Chalk Coop.
0: Yeah. Um. We just actually the second matchups have just completed as we're recording this. So all four of the top seeds had easy victories in the first round of Nineties Madness. And um. So you know just to kind of recap what happened. Uh. Your Radiohead. Uh. Radiohead finally wins
1: a Finally wins something. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Not, uh. Knocks out Portishead's dummy. Uh pretty easily. Um and yeah. then and then Hector's uh never mind uh actually uh Nebrana's never mind. Uh knocked out Oasis
1: is what's the story morning glory. That's that's a huge matchup too. Like Oasis is that's a big album. So to crush them by that much It was. It looking wasn't... good for looking good for Nirvana moving forward. Yeah and
0: then like I said these matchups just completed about fifteen minutes before our show started. Uh, Metallica's uh, Black Album crushes Inexcess's X in my bracket with 83 83- Oh, sorry, Inexcess. By the way, that was the biggest mar- that was the biggest victory of the first round. Right? Uh, Excess did not show up. The uh, play. Neither, uh, <laughs> they, they did not. Uh, I, I didn't expect it. But uh, the one that was the most interesting. All right. You know, it was the Pearl Jam Tool one. It, it even though it was seventy two twenty eight, there were a lot of they got a lot of votes that one. It got it got the most votes of any of the matchups with twenty five. And here, Dave, here was the thing. I started seeing all these comments yesterday. Like, or like, hey, uh, you know, people get behind these albums, right? Mm. But but I had more comments than votes at, at some point. Yeah. So like, guys, get out <laughs> and vote. Like, if you have a, it, it, unless you don't have a Twitter account, get a Twitter account. I mean, Get out there and vote because um, it makes a difference. And uh, the one thing that I'd be very concerned with Pearl Jam having a lot of people come out and vote they that could be a they, they could be very dangerous going deep deep in this thing is what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, it is interesting that I was surprised that Tool had as many votes as it did. I did too. But I was surprised they did that well. I was surprised Portishead did as well as it did. I mean, we, I was oh. thinking
2: that
0: could have been another shutout, but no, they actually got there were people behind that album. Um, but it was because the Metallica album, like, I, even though I had the biggest in of victory, there weren't as many votes as that Pearl Jam, uh, mm. that, that Pearl Jam tool one, which I think was a mm. a very interesting one. Um, so if you're hearing this now by, I mean, we should be having several other matchups done already at this point in the bracket, the four or five matchups should be done by that point uh, by the time this airs.
1: Ooh, the four fives will be they'll be a lot closer.
0: Will Lauren Hill Man, end the bleeding I don't, for the women?
1: I don't think I don't know. Because you're now, saying Lauren or Alanis in the notes.
0: Yeah, Alanis Alanis, another I think that's another tough Who's one.
1: Who's she here. up against? Is she um, up against
0: uh Alanis is up against um let me pull up the bracket here? Um smashing pumpkins. I think Alanis Ooh. could pull that one out. I think Alanis could pull that one out though. It's a Rangers. tough
1: one. Yeah. That album is just such a quintessential '90s record, though. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Man, I think both of them could go through, Coop. I mean, they're both of those records, are. I mean, every woman
0: lost in the first round last year. You can't, uh, you can't do much, uh, worse, is what I'm just saying.
1: Yeah. Well, hey, I uh, I have faith.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I mean, so we'll see. I mean, there's two strong albums that you certainly picked, so. Mm. Uh, yeah, so certainly as far as that goes.
1: Um, and the last thing in music news, I guess, is the Record Store Day, which is on the 23rd of April. Uh, so check that out. Check out your local store. I mean, leading up till the 23rd, they'll announce different records coming out. I mean, some ones that I've seen that will probably go quick is Taylor Swift has a special seven-inch coming out that'll probably go quick. Uh, so, if you're a Taylor Swift fan, be on the lookout for that. Uh, there's a Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds live record that I think will go fairly quickly because they're quite have a, quite a big following. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, check it out. So, there's, there's some great records coming out. So, so uh, April twenty third, and this year it's in store. It's not online like the last two years. It's in store, so you need to check your local record stores to see if they're hosting an event.
0: Yes, very true.
1: Developing Pallets Review Coop.
0: Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um so let's kind of start this off. Uh we have a little drama with the Developing Palace Review uh mm. this, this week. Um and earlier in the week, um the boys at Developing Palace, and we, we love picking on uh pick, looking at their reviews, not picking on them. Uh they reviewed the uh, the Postani uh, Bear 2021 that box press edition. The
1: box press, yeah. Um,
0: and they did the review, and I knew the second this happened how things were gonna go in motion. Um, the <sighs> review was I'll just kind of sum it up like, uh, the the uh four averages they got. <laughs> yeah. They got four it's- averages. The none uh the scores went Aaron five eight. Seth five six five, Surgeon five six oh, and June at six. Um that, you know, in the in the in the day of age of cigar review, you know, that's an average developing palate score. Uh double, yeah, it, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean it sounds like from the I well, I watched it and it sounds like they really liked the first two thirds. The final third people didn't like.
0: By the way, I'm not disagreeing with that. Um I didn't have a terrible experience as the final third, but I do agree that those first two thirds were uh were good. And and so yeah, I, I still like I said I prefer the previous version better than the box press, but that's um that's their opinion. But I knew the second mm. this went out was the next thing was yeah. you, uh, that they were going to respond on the A Cigar Hustlers podcast. Uh, and they responded. Uh, and they were, I think they were disappointed. They didn't like taking any cheap shots at them or anything. Uh, they didn't know who Seth or June were. That was funny.
2: No. Like,
0: how do you not know? I, I, I can see maybe June a little bit because he stays up at Seth. How do you not know Seth? Come on, guys. I mean, um, come on, Mike. Uh, Lasted Right. Um, and then now... McTavish was on Primetime Wednesday night. We did a Wednesday night edition and we happened to have Mike on as a media panelist, right? And it came out on there that that John is going to be doing the A Cigar Hustlers podcast the week after and I guess there's going to be a... Oh, here we go. That's when the fire is going to happen right now uh, where he, uh, he, he... I guess they're going to confront him on the review. <laughs> so, <laughs> they were not Ooh. happy with the review. <laughs>
1: ah. I mean, I, I I love it. I love the cigar. I love, but I love all cigars. So I'm a very poor um, judge. 20, I have a developing palate. The,
0: the, the round of the box press Toro. Oh, I like them both. I I, I, was, I haven't I think I haven't the round ha- one. The round was at another level. That's what I was.
1: Oh, thinking. but I haven't had them. I like both of those better than the Perfecto. Although I do really like that one as well. I really, I don't. I'd have to have them again because I don't remember. I haven't had them in so long that I'd have to have them again compare the round of the box yeah. press
0: yeah now I'm trying to give the the box I'm not gonna I'm gonna try to get the, the box press will come in before the deadline this year right but <laughs> right but I want to give some age on that box press like I gave age to the other mm. one so I want to kind of get it a little more comparable and I don't think it had the same amount of age yet on it to see what my final assessment is um so I
1: oh I just love it I think since Mike's listening to the show, because you know he does, we know uh,
0: he might be listening this week. <laughs>
1: get 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 Nika Swania to make you a four and a half by sixty, because they do that size so well. A War Bear a four and a half by sixty coupe.
0: You know that's a really you know, oh. to mention that. That's a really good point you make. Nika Swania has not done a bad four and a half by six. No, uh, if you think about, it, I mean that's that, any of their uh, blends. That that chunky that short chunky Godar, yeah. Uh, I, mean, I mean I think you called it in the in the Baca, it's really good. Oh. cro Magnet is good. Aquitaine, yeah, I I'm in agreement with you on that one. That's that's a size they do very well.
1: Get on to that. Yep, hustler. But uh but yeah, I'll be interested to hear the uh I'm feeling sure because a- I listened, I listen I listen to the I listened to the response and it was like they talked about that and they talked about his adventures on an airplane. Yeah. And then it yeah. was snack food. They were sort of going everywhere.
0: Yeah, that's how they normally do it. But, you know, I'll say they, <laughs> they didn't. They weren't disrespectful to developing power. No. But, you know, they they they. And, you know, they're totally trying to stir the pot with this. You know, oh, yeah. you know, because Mike's. Well, I'm waiting for Mike's show next week when he talks about his appearance on, on primetime. Oh, yeah. Uh, Which we got into some really good, you know, top. Now, I'm going to get killed on this. So I'll say it now. I I meant to invite Palmer and I didn't. Oh, yeah. So, and it was look, and I know they're gonna give me shit on. It. Look, I kind of assumed, and then with the thing with my dad, I kind of was all over the place. So yeah. I didn't mean to exclude you, Mike. Uh, I kind of just he assumed makes an ass out of you and me, I guess, right? I, I did. He's, so been I on,
1: he's been on. He's been on. He's been on jukebox.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, he wasn't excluded, is what I'm just saying. So that that was that was me who made that mistake. So uh, and it was just it wasn't even that I should have just said it explicitly, and I didn't. And. I, when I didn't see him on there, I'm like, "Fuck! I'm gonna get killed on this." They're already—I'm yeah. sure they already are gonna lambast me on that um, on the next show.
1: So, that's right. And if you want to know what all the uh, hype is about, go to cigarhustle.com. Order a five-pack of the War Bear.
0: Absolutely, and make your decision on that too.
1: Make your decision. Yeah. I like—I said I like all cigars because my palate is—I mean, I like the four by seventy torch. I love yeah. that cigar. Oh yeah. And uh and yeah, I, I like it. I like yep. all of them. I like all cigars. Yep. Uh the only cigar I didn't like is the Sigabun cigar. Did not like that cigar.
0: No, but you know what? In fairness to Provada, they I've had a couple of cigars by Provada that are good. So but I just didn't like the Sigabun either. So no. uh, you know, I'll say that watch cigar that I smoked the night Brian was on that controversial show it was a great cigar. I'd buy it again.
1: So Ooh, get in there.
0: It was it was unique. It was I hadn't had anything like that before. So I'm gonna be honest. It's a hell of a cigar. But the uh, cigar yeah. Mm. Yeah.
1: Speaking of good cigars, what are you smoking tonight, Coop?
0: Well, it's women's night, uh women's month. Um and I'm smoking the Casa Fuente by Fuente. Mm. It's an exclusive cigar for the um Casa Fuente store in Las Vegas. I'm smoking the uh the Churchill size. A Seven by forty-seven, um, and why is it? Well, okay, women's I think Fuente is a company that they've always kind of done a lot for women. Uh, they have mm. several women in key positions, not just like uh Liana Fuente, but and Cynthia Fuente, but they have a woman by the name Karen Smith who's very important to their organization. Uh, I think Carlito has paid her- homage to the women in in the company for many many years, um, historically and and. Right now, so I picked this cigar because I thought it was a good theme tonight. Uh, with it to mm. kind of because uh, I think Fuente, like I said, I think they've always done a lot for women in the industry.
1: Nice and, and Cynthia, a fan of the show.
0: Yep, Cynthia's a fan of the show. We got to get Cynthia you're coming on the show soon, so I got a quote. Uh, Cameron Rapper over Dominican Tobacco from the Fuente Farm. Uh, I actually <laughs> picked this cigar up in the Dominican Republic. Oh wow. Uh, yeah, they have a little point they had a, uh, at the Chateau Fuente they had a little store, you could buy stuff. And uh was priced decently and um uh I loaded it up. So
1: Nice. I'm smoking the uh, Asylum Straight Jacket 6 by 60 Ooh.
0: Now, any women ties with that? <laughs>
1: no, sorry. <laughs> I uh I didn't have any. I wasn't able to get and he, it's getting cigars here has been quite difficult. So By the way,
0: breaking news, Dave got his cigars after two months.
1: Two months. They got here though. Yeah. Um I had a uh I had the uh the uh the meat lover the the, the meat one last night, the soccer one. Nice. But nice. Uh, but I I guess I just picked a cigar. the cigar I've been wanting to to, to have on the show. A couple of times. I, I'm not. I, I don't have a lot of asylum because I don't like the 70s and 80s and stuff. Like I don't really want to.
0: But they blend a good big. If you want to talk on another company that blends a good 60? They blend a very good 60.
1: Oh yeah, this cigar is great. I love this cigar. I've had a couple of them. Straight jackets, See, yeah, I just wanted to feature it on the show. No tie-in, unfortunately.
0: I I could have thought of some bad humor. That's why I was like, I'm not going there.
1: Well, only good humor on this show, Coop. But yeah, I got the. uh
0: they they are they were when they came out and they hit the shelves. They were power bombs. Those cigars. Now I think they meld yeah. a bit, but I think they meld somewhat with some age on. But but good cigar by them.
1: Good uh, good sweetness on it. A little bit of spice. Yeah, it smokes really well for a for a six by sixty. So
0: yeah, like I said, I think they do. A, I think you know they talk about the seventies and eighties, and and I came in possession in the ninety. Jesus, uh, but. I think sixty is where really they do well. I think mm. they just know how to blend a good. I mean, they're a big ring gauge brand, and and they do good. If you want a good sixty, you can't go wrong with most of the Asylums. Yeah.
1: yeah. Women in music coop. So I kind of broke it into eras. Yep. So I kind of look. I looked at the music and the sort of eras where women's music has like really shot up in certain eras uh, more than others. So I look at, like, late 60s to 72. I mean, we talked about 71 in general being a huge year for music across the board. But late 60s to 72, there's a lot of great artists come out sort of in that era. 82 to 87, it's kind of your Madonna era, and we'll talk about that, but that's another big era. 91 to 98, like music in 91, Coop. We got to do a 91 show. There's just some great music in 91.
0: Yeah, I think uh, we should definitely plan on that. That was a big and
1: uh, yeah. yeah, and 2019 to today. So roughly the past four or five years or so yeah. have been quite, quite a big era for women's music. So I try when I do my list, I try to I try to pick a couple out of the different out of the different eras. Yeah. And so, like, what what were what how, you know what were your thoughts sort of going into making your list, coop?
0: Um, yeah, I kind of went, you know, last time I know we went more focused on foundational and contemporary a bit. Right. Mm. So, so I kind of went with that. Um, but I tried to spread it for the most part. Um, and I focused on the seventies, the eighties, the nineties and two thousands. So I kind of tried to spread the wealth, but then I have the forties in there, which we haven't talked mm. about much. Mm. So I kind of did that, but I kind of see, uh, as far as the big errors go, I, I think I would agree with that. Although I think I would extend that ninety one to ninety eight until like two thousand maybe four or five.
1: Right. Okay.
0: Yeah. That, that, that maybe the only difference I would do, but uh, yeah. And I, um, I'm just looking at the dates I have here. I think for the most part, yeah, there was a I had this break after seventy three. No, I have mm. a couple of seventy fives in there. So yeah, I, I kind of did a little more in the '70s with this, but I tried to spread it out and not make it all '80s and then '70s this year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I I also focused on bands.
1: I saw that, yeah. This
0: year a little more, so I kind of tried to do that one as well. Was, I think, those are the two things I went into this year. So let's spread it out. Uh, let, I look at the impacts. Um, I had I had I probably had sixteen and I knocked out six. Uh, oh wow so it was just it was tough to do couple repeats and because i think we always have cinema them all favorites and we could always give a new spin on them so, mm. so mm. Uh, um but uh yeah i mean one point you make is i think you know the, those errors you talk about were big increases in, in women's music and i think the one that's really key that you have in there is that 2019 one yeah but when we get to the wrap-up i have some thoughts on that Um, that we'll talk about now because but i do think there's been a surge in women's music in the last year and i think that other one that's key is that late 60s to 72 we've talked about a lot of the albums particularly in 71 a big Mm. one as well um and then the one that i didn't think about dave the 82 to 87 one is a great pick um and i'm thinking you know well, I don't want to spoil the thunder of who you picked, but you know, that was around the time my dad was obviously, uh, you know, connected with the music industry and driving mm. uh, executives and celebrities. And I, and I, when I thought about that, I'm like, yeah, you're right. So,
1: hmm. So, kick us off here, Coop.
0: All right. I'm going to the 1940s. Dang. And uh, I think this is the first time they've ever been mentioned on Jukebox. And I picked the Andrews sisters to start things off with, um, which you, you know, they probably, if you, they're unofficially considered the most successful female band of the first half of the, ni- of the 20th century. So, if you look at that 1901 mm. to 1950, uh, the Andrews sisters were as big as, as it came during that uh, uh, time. Uh, they are a Min, I, this I didn't know, they were a Minnesota band. They came out. There you Minnesota. go. They came, they were the original Minneapolis or Minnesota sounder was the Andrews sisters and the Andrews sisters I think it's safe to, it's fair to say this during the Second World War they came along at a time that I don't, I'm, they didn't take advantage of, of that but they provided you know it's it's kind of like reflecting on the times they mm. were able to deliver music that connected with that wartime period whether you were someone yeah, at war or someone home on the home. Mm. I, I and, and their music had themes with that. I think it really connected with people um, so much so that, you know, they have done, they did a lot of collaborations uh, out there too. Uh, mm. So, you know, they, Bing Crosby was a, was a big one that was out there too. Uh, they had a very interesting life. The Andrews sisters, um, they, um, one of them survived like and died only a few years ago. Right. Um, Like, which was very interesting. Uh, um, So they had, it was, they had Laverne. She died in 67. Maxine, she died in 95. And Patty died in 2013. Um, They sold 80 million records. Jeez. Okay. So they were, like you said, when you look at, like we talk about a lot of these, we talk about much more contemporary and we don't talk about that pre 1950 a lot of times. They were absolutely um in uh, you know, a uh um they were monsters. They tailed off in the fifties. Um, they eventually kind of and we get there's a lot of history of what happened with the with, with the with the with the women. I think there was even some infighting with the sisters. Mm. They they were actually sisters. Um they they made a comeback in the fifties, but uh when Laverne died, um I think it was it was not the same for the for sure. So, um, I picked three songs out, and uh, mm. the first one I think everyone's heard of it. It's the Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy, 1941. Mm. Look, I think that's just a, a song that I it's it's synonymous, you know, with the whole war war movement during that time. I it, it became almost like an anthem mm-hmm. for for us in, in the U.S. with that, um, which was very interesting the other one I picked is a, is a song, uh, it's called pistol packing mama. Um, that's a, right. Yeah. That's a song they did with, um, Bing Crosby. Um, and that was another pretty big hit that they had, um, as far, as far as that goes. Um, and you know, like I said, they, they were no, I said they, they did a lot of collaborations, particularly with, um, with Bing Crosby. Now the third one is, that was 1943. Now, the third one was possibly the most interesting of, of the three. Uh, it was a song called Rum and Coca-Cola. And I didn't... When I yes, I <laughs> There was a lot of controversy with this song. So, first of all, the radio stations, like, they didn't want to play it because they thought it was, like, an ad for Coca-Cola, right?
1: Oh, right, right, um, right.
0: And then they started getting into the lyrics, and the lyrics were kind of uh, kind of suggested that women were prostituting themselves, the U.S. servicemen serving them at the naval base in Trinidad, which they talk about, mm. Um in reality, it's based on a Trinidadian Calypso song. And actually there was a court case with it. Uh, All right. Yeah. And uh, so uh, I think they won the court case, but they uh, basically, they were told, Hey, we didn't know about this. We just were asked to record this, like the last minute and they did it. Uh, but it's a really cool song. I mean, uh, Roman Coca-Cola. Um, so I, yeah, you know, like I said, so mm. I, I you know, this was interesting. I, I, I don't know how an Andrew's sister show would go with our audience, <laughs> but they had a very interesting life. It, it's a there's too much. There was probably too much to talk about. But but they just uh, I think we don't realize how big they were. 80 million, like mm. 80 million records. Um, And I think. Oh, like, yeah. If anyone's listening, like go back. They, this is good music. Uh, It's good to feel good music. No, they're not trying to prostitute themselves. Uh, but check it out. I I, I enjoyed kind of going and listening to some of that music
1: over the last week. Nice. Oh, going old school. I oh, went. And, uh, yep. So like I said, I went sort of like era. So the first era that I did is that sort of what late 60s to early 70s. And I got Aretha Franklin, who I probably had last time as well. Yeah. Um. Major influence on women in music across all genres. Like, Dolly talks about going to her concerts and being inspired by her at the time. uh, I mean, Janis Joplin um, was a big Aretha fan. Amazing voice. Had a lot of themes of racial justice, feminism, civil rights. I mean, a lot of themes that get picked up on, you know, today, really. Um, And so I picked, I mean, it's hard to pick, like, just a couple Aretha songs. It's hard, um, cause her like discography is so vast, and there's so many great tracks. I try to pick They're probably ones that a lot of people know, but I can't really leave them off. So respect, classic song that one. Uh, think, and then Chain of Fools. I would, I love Chain of Fools. When we did that, that yeah. uh, talked about that record.
0: Yeah. And-
1: Love that song. So yeah, those were my those are my Aretha Aretha picks.
0: You know, Dave, uh, that's a good pick, and, and it definitely fits into that like late that 60s, this early 70s genre. I think we talked about how she had that incredible Grammy streak.
2: Uh, yeah. During
0: that time, but you know, you mentioned 82 to 87, right? Aretha had kind of a resurgence in that in the mid 80s. Um uh, mm. you know, obviously, a freeway of love, right? But you know she's, mm-hmm. she did collaborations. You know George Michael's. I knew you were wait. That once you do with George Michael, I yep. knew you were wait. Love it. And Sisters are doing it for themselves. That's the one with um, the Eurythmics. Um mm-hmm. So she kind of was a, like. I think after by the late '70s, she may have tailed off a bit. But she had this this resurgence in the mid '80s that um, mm. that you know I don't think should be forgotten. She did some good music with, with that. So yeah.
1: Oh, definitely. I mean, some of these in the next one as well. It's hard to nail down to a certain era because they kind of span multiple eras. But uh, but yeah, yeah, Aretha. Yeah. All right. Let me get my me get my notes here. My notes right. are everywhere. Yep. Ah, yes. I knew this was coming. Okay, so Diana's on
0: the list, Diana Ross, but I focused this specifically on... A group Diana, so I kind of again I tried to do some groups. So this is the Supremes, or mm. later known as Diana Ross and the Supremes. Um, and you know, I was again, it's like when I look at the the, the, the catalog, it's so vast, and and I, I, it seems like I always come back to a lot of the same songs, but I just love these songs. Um, what mm. I loved about the Supremes is how they could turn it on or off, right? Uh, they could be positive, they could be more melancholy uh, when they wanted to. Um, and I always mention, I think, Diana, you know, obviously she word on us, you know, what you saw is what you got. But I always thought the, mm-hmm. you know, that Florence and Mary, they they could they probably, probably that complimentary role so well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I picked three songs. Um, They had a big streak in, in 1964, five number ones. I think the fifth of the number one songs was Come See About Me. Um, right. Very catchy, hooky song. Uh dun, 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 dun. I mean it's very very catchy. Um then I picked and I always seem to pick this one because it's my favorite Supreme song, My World Is Empty About mm. You Without You. Mm. Uh great bass track in there. Uh if you want to hear the harmonies of Mary Wilson and Florence Ballard, like shine. Why well, I ended up putting I know I picked this one, but I, I thought this that song really showcased the band. As much as everyone mm. joked that Diana would push them out of the way. Uh, mm. You you listen to the to the background vocals of Mary and Florence, uh, just just I think it puts that song over the edge, and then I put reflections on there, uh, oh. more of a di But what a masterpiece of a song! And now God. you started to see the Supremes from doing catchy hooky songs to some songs that had some more serious themes around it. Mm. Um, and, and reflections is is, I mean, if we were doing, you know. If we were doing a a tournament of sixty songs, uh, oh. this could go deep. Yeah,
1: that song is so good. I mean, that's probably my favorite Supreme song. Is you is know, that one? I mean,
0: I, it, it it I think it really it really is. Here's the thing. I'll be honest with you. Diana doesn't do that song live very well. For whatever, it's not a good live song. But it's a great. Mm. I mean, the studio versions are great. But I've I don't know. Diana's never been able to pull that one off live. But it's Like I said, it's my favorite song by far that they've
1: done. I mean, very few bands, like when you hear them, you instantly think it it defines like an era in music. And to me, it's like Marvin Gaye and the Supremes, to me, is that classic Motown sound. Like they define Motown to me. I mean, I know there's other big bands that were in Motown, but for me, like you hear the Supremes and it's that classic Motown Sound for me like the defined defined an era.
0: Yeah, it really did. And I, and the other thing I'll say is I really think that um they kind of took when the Andrews sisters kind <clears throat> of waned, I think they became mm. the next that next trio band that would, you know, have that level of success.
1: Oh. Oh, nice pick! Love that. I love that song. Reflections, is such a good song.
0: But like it, I it, said, it's, it's and there's so many I could pick, but I tried to pick you know songs I like versus I think songs that showcase the band very well. Like the yeah, the band, it's a trio.
1: And it's interesting because sort of Beyonce follows the same path almost, like with Destiny's Child, and then with so it's like very a very sort of like Diana Ross path. Yeah. Um. Dolly Parton's my next one because, of course, it is. Now, Dolly, I mean, this is going to be, you know, I'm talking about foundational stuff here, Coop, but she, she's going to feature new music as well.
0: Yeah, you did have it. And Good job.
1: And, and I'm talking about her in the 60s and the 70s, like 67 and stuff. 74 is when some some of the songs are on here. So amazing career we've talked about it already. Lots of feminist themes. Uh, I put often turned male dominated genres like the murder ballad on its head. and it became more of like looking at it from the women's perspective. She sung about being a single mother, domestic violence, about women's agency in general. Huge inspiration across women of all genres of music, really. Um, you know, has had pop success with nine to five. So did some did, you know, wasn't just country artists had some crossover success. Um, and like like Aretha it's hard to sort of nail it to th- I picked some songs that I think because we talk about it so much on the show I try to pick some songs that a couple that you might not have heard so <clears throat> I picked Jolene of course because I mean you got to pick that one Coop you got to have Jolene on there
0: yeah, but it's kind of like what I just went through yes
1: You have to. You got to do that.
0: Yeah. We have to pick something. Look, these songs are so great. Sometimes we're going to pick them again. Right.
1: Yeah. Uh, I picked. Now, the next song is called Daddy Come Get Me. And that was about the song is about how uh, a woman's husband has her committed to a mental institution so that he can have an affair, essentially. Yeah. And it's her trying to get her dad to come get her out. And this was sort of like not. And this was happening in the 60s, like women were getting committed essentially by men saying, hey, look, they're crazy. Uh, And so that kind of gets to talking about like domestic violence in a way and also the bridge. So the bridge is sort of like uh, a song we've talked about before where it turns sort of the murder ballad on its head. So it's sort of like, you know, from the woman's perspective, when a guy, you know, sort of up and leaves her when she's pregnant and the bridge was not played on a radio. It w- the radio would not play it because it talked about being a, a single mother out of wedlock. Who? Wow, can't have wow. that. Wow. In uh, '68 or whatever this song would have came out.
0: '67.
1: Yeah.
0: That was before. Um, you know, they yeah. Be to,
1: so. Man. So yeah. So that's what I. That's what I. That's what I got.
0: Let me ask a question. Um, because this is an interesting It ties into the theme of the month. Would you consider Dolly Parton a
1: feminist? See, now this uh, they get into this in the podcast about her. Uh huh. I would, but she does not. That's. But
0: I. I think she is. But I think she embraces a side of being a woman, saying there's certain things. It's okay. Like it's, it's okay, and I don't have a problem with that. Um, you know, I'm not looking to be like a domineering woman here. But I think. She's a fem- yeah. I do because of the things she's talked about and uh sung about and wrote about. Um, I would certainly put her as a feminist. Uh, and there's a lot of types of I know people who are feminists like that. Uh, I, I yeah. put my mom in that category, so um, yeah, I would say she was, but she wasn't like one of these like uh burn the bra feminists. I- that's where I'm kind of th-
1: yeah, I think. I think she says no, because I don't think she sees it as, like, I don't think she sees herself as, like, a political activist. Right.
0: I think she doesn't want to be in that political. I don't think she wants to get involved with that. Yeah.
1: But what she does talk about in the the podcast is that, like, maybe people say she's a feminist because her songs talk about women that aren't going to, you know, aren't going to put up with it sort of thing that she was never, that she was all about women's agency and that, you know, that these stories of women aren't being told and that, you know, that's got to change.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, cool so, point. yeah, so that's a good question. And and uh, she ta- people got to talk, l- listen to Dolly Parton's America. It's a podcast where she gives an interview, Coop. And as someone who does interviews, you'd love this. So Dolly Parton basically gives a sit-down interview for like six episodes of a podcast.
0: Oh, wow. So that's a pretty and It like,
1: answers everything. Wow. It's so good. Wow. So, I mean, she's done stuff like she did a song for the, what was it, movie like Transparent, I think it was. And, and a song about how, you know, um, kind of celebrating trans people and that we need to respect everybody and be who you are. And so she's a very sort of like respect all people sort of thing. Um, yeah. yeah. So, way to go, Dolly. And you'll come yeah. up again later. So, yes. Good job. Oh, uh, got our favorites out of the way, Coop. Oh, another favorite of yours is coming up. I see.
0: Yes. Yes. Uh, this so that question I just asked you is going to play into my next artist. That's why I want to talk. Yeah. About. Uh, it's Barbara Streisand. So I'm going to piss off every Republican out there I know, <laughs> right? Uh, my dad drove. Barbara Streisand, and he was very proud of driving Barbara Streisand. Uh, my my favorite thing I remember when he after he drove, her, he came home. He said she had a toilet mouth, and I looked right. I, I, I looked at my dad. I'm like, you're pot call on the kettle black. My dad had a wickery toilet mouth too. Um, <laughs> despite what people think of her, she was a major force in the music in the in the '70s. Oh, definitely. So she, she really was, right? Now, here's what here's the part. This is where I'm gonna kind of say, she's considered. A headstrong feminist by a lot of these people, like people think, like you know. Mm. But you listen to her music; that's not anything ref- like her music's very different than that. There's a very soft side and, and and a very feminine side to this music, um, that you have to listen to. And I'm like, she's not si- singing out being a headstrong feminist at all. Um, in a lot of ways, she had a theatrical back. Like, she she was theatrical, and her music was very much reflect. Like, this is why she could do like Broadway and act, right? She she understood the, the theatrical element. She loved collaborations. She mm-hmm. I would say the Barry Gibb collaboration was a monster in in mm-hmm. nineteen eighty with the Guilty album. Uh she did some stuff with others like Ray Charles. I think she did with Neil Diamond. So she loved collaborations. Um, but like I said, I think she had this like you listen to these songs and and they're soft. And if anything, mm. they they're not like this headstrong feminist. So the first one I picked is, uh, look, this is the ultimate reflection song, you know, not reflect. If you're not gonna do reflect, the way we were, mm. th- th- that song can melt a lot of people very easy, no matter what the case is. And you look back at uh, that whole memories. It, it, it's a, it it's a it's a it's a sad song. It's going it could put a tear it put put a tear in my eye a couple of times when I was listening to it right for the show because I was remembering about my dad and stuff right. Uh, you know, but very soft. Uh she did a she did. I uh, mentioned Ray Charles. The crying time song is is a great collaboration with Ray Charles. Uh and and Barbara had a great voice. Look, you can say what you want about, Barbara. she had a great voice. And then, I tell you, Woman in Love is my favorite Barbara Streisand song. You know, I am a woman in love, and I'll mm. do Just and I think Barry Gibb had a role in that song too. He might have wrote it. Um, she has incredible range, Barbara, with her with her lyrics. She could kind of really take it up to a soprano level, but there's incredible range on it. Um, so I, I think she deserved her due on this show this this month, um, and that's why I kind of put her in it. But she could do that other side. Not that she didn't have to always be the headstrong feminist. Is what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think and this will get into the my next pick. Is I think too like a lot of women artists get labeled as. Feminists, because they're breaking into like a male dominated uh, music industry. Like, I mean, Dolly with country, like,
2: yeah, like
1: Barbara becoming like an icon, really. And so, I think a lot of people, men in power, want to like discredit them by like, you know, trying to label them a feminist or this or that. Or, because I mean, the one thing, like, about look at the people we picked Aretha Dolly, I mean, um. Barbara and uh, Diana Ross—they all moved from like music to like cultural icon. Yeah. Like they—they're sort of beyond music, you yeah. know, in a lot of ways.
0: No, it's true. It's very true. But you know, it's funny. Like I said, my dad actually interact. He drove her several times. He interacted with her, and he—he he even made this comment to me, like, like, like that toilet mouth is—you don't. You would <laughs> never know it from her music, like, but she, because she would cuss and and. Kind of try to keep up with, uh, you know. Kind of show she was like, you know, like I get pushed around or anything. Oh yeah. I I said, uh, did she ever curse you out? And he said, no comment. <laughs>
1: oh
2: no! I can see I. <laughs> um... he didn't
0: like, my dad liked her. My dad did like her, and he liked the music. Oh, so uh, yeah, he. Uh, but he would. He said her mouth was something else. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Janice Joplin is my next one out of this. Oh, and this is a, Yeah. This is the final one from this era.
0: Yep. That at the like, Oh, this is a big one, yeah.
1: We've talked about her off and out on the show, but we've never really featured her a whole lot. Uh, I think because her career was so was over so quickly. Um, helped inspire the Riot Girl movement that we'll get on to in the nineties. Uh, career cut short. I think she only put out a couple of records. Um maybe from 67 to 71. And even the Pearl in 71 was like after her death, it was released. Yeah. Um, And I think for her, with a lot of these women is that just them singing in the genre they chose is a, you know, kind of a statement in and of itself in the sense that she was taking on like the male dominated genres of both blues and rock and really taking it on, you know, forward and, and kind of breaking new ground for women in that arena that later on, like in rock anyway, like you'll get Stevie Nicks and Grace yeah. Slick and yeah. you'll get a lot of other women sort of showing that women can front rock bands. Yeah. Um, like, like, uh, you know, um, a lot of uh, Joan Jett, like a lot of women will do that. Yeah. Um, But the songs I picked is a piece of my heart that was sort of with her in the, um, kind of her first record. Crybaby, which is like a classic sort of like blues rock song. Yeah. Oh, man. And then you got to have me and Bobby McGee on there because like everybody loves that song. Yeah. It's sort of iconic. I mean, yeah, I think Janis Joplin, she had a huge impact. It would have been great to see what her music would have been like if you know she didn't pass away because she was so early in her career, Coop. Like it's only like two records or so in.
0: Yeah, and I think she would have. I honestly think she would have did very well. It and more interesting is how that music would have evolved with the times, as yeah. well. Which I thought, like her, I thought, her music was really in touch with the times. Um, and like I said, way career cut way too short. And yeah, again, you look at our, a couple who's had a, a short window of a career and maintain that impact. Pearl is just one of the, you know, it's one of the all-time great albums.
1: Yeah, yeah, so it would have been good, interesting to see a follow-up to that.
0: Yeah, it Um, would have, yeah, it's a shame.
1: Yeah, but like I said, still, you know, still incredibly uh, influential, even with, with her career as it was.
0: Yeah, no, very well.
1: Oh, I'm glad you got this next artist in here, Coop. Got to, you know.
0: Yeah, got to pay homage to the disco era. Yes, um, yes, and yes. I, and I think it was important to pay homage to this Because we've talked about this. The, the disco era was great for women artists. Right? I mean, it was really mm. a great place for women artists, minority artists, uh, uh the L- LGBT, you know, it wasn't do mm. I wanted to call it, was called, but it was, it was very much a, 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 um, a sandbox for them. But obviously, the undisputed queen of disco is will always be Donna Summer. Um, there was Donna Summer, and then there was everybody else. Um, yeah. And as much as Diana wanted to be that disco, I don't – queen, she really never became nah. that. She embraced disco in some of her music. But Donna Summer, absolutely um, – there was – you, you between 75 and 80, she was massively popular – um, she brought disco into the, she she played a big role of taking disco out of the clubs and getting it played on the radio stations. That's that's something I don't think she gets that she ever has gotten mm. credit for her music. Um, I picked her most controversial song as the first one. Yeah, my wife's probably gonna cringe when she hears this, but it's "Love to Love You Baby," complete with the moans, right? <laughs> It is. It is such a great song, though. And look, that's what it is. That's what that that song was 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 sultry. It was seductive. Mm-hmm. And it uh, look. And I say, if you're if a woman's singing about that, that's a. Well, I mean, this is more power to her, right? Mm-hmm. Now Donna got away from that when she became more mm-hmm. Christian. She stopped performing that song. Um, right. So she did. Um, but it's so like I said, very orchestral type song. Very con- it was a very controversial song that came out. Um they did some great remixes on this song, but but you listen to some of the uh like if you listen to the extended remixes, I actually think you'll get a better appreciation for that song. Beyond the moaning, is what I'll just say. Um, right. Great song, great song. Um I didn't pick Last Dance, right? I, I thought about it, but mm. I I I had to keep it three right, and there's a reason. So I picked a song called the MacArthur Park Suite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so what that is, Donna Summer covered MacArthur Park, but he put a melody of of songs together, uh, to kind of do it. So it's like a seventeen minute medley. Um, in that medley is one of her more famous songs called "Heaven." Heaven knows, a duet she did. I forget who she did the duet with. Um, and, and it's great. I think Donna's version of MacArthur Park is the best version ever recorded. Um uh, mm. and like I said that whole McCartney Park suite it kind of I don't want to say it's something you could have played in a club but they they probably did play it in the club but it was also very some of the radio stations were playing that 17 minutes uh medley right which was really cool and there was some other like stuff in there as well and then because we just talked about Barbara Streisand uh she mm. did a duet with Barbara Streisand called No More Tears um I think this one had a little more of an 80s type of vibe to it even though it was released in 79 Um, Mm -hmm. you know, I think this one had a little more of an 80s vibe, and uh, you had Barbara and Donna Summer, who again in the 1970s were two of the biggest stars. So, uh, um, yep, Donna Summer, the undisputed queen of disco.
1: Nice. Now, I have to say, since doing the show, one of the things is that Coop has really educated me on disco a lot more than before. So, no, I very much appreciate that. Yeah. Great pick.
0: Yeah. Like I said, and I think it's important. Like I said, this was an important pick because I think Donna did so much to bring <clears> Disco <throat> into the mainstream more than anybody mm. else except the Bee Gees. I'll put the Bee Gees there as well. Mm. But I think Donna did it before the Bee Gees, or right around the time the Bee Gees did it. So mm. I'm going to put, I'm, I, I think she deserves to be out there for sure. Definitely. Yeah. The Bee Gees, yeah, the Bee Gees were already established. She was not as established as the Bee Gees were. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So now I'm going to jump to... the 80s.
0: Oh, you got a couple here I love.
1: Yeah, and there's a bit, this is a big time not necessarily for women in pop, but for women in that top 40s type pop. So this is when the top, you know, the whole top 40 countdown became really a big thing. Um, Casey Kasem, things like that. And the whole, the whole, like I said, the whole top 40 countdown became a big music pusher. And this is where women in this era really I guess really, there's really big explosion in that sort of like top 40 dominance that will then lead into kind of like the pop people now, really. Um, Cindy Lauper I have. Yes. As uh, the next one. So she's sort of like, what, like 84 to 86, 87? Something like that, Coop?
0: She, yeah, that was when she was at her peak. I'd say she did a lot yeah. of things afterwards, but those were. the... She two, did those...
1: stuff like you know late two thousands and stuff. Yeah.
0: Yeah, she did some concept albums, but it was really those those first two albums, uh, yeah. of of hers. Um, she's so unusual and True Colors, I think, was the other one. Yeah.
1: True Colors, yeah.
0: Yeah. Th- those. Were yeah. Two... So.
1: I mean, I think at the time people thought, oh, this is just a one hit wonder at the time, but you know she showed a lot of depth. With some great, with a great follow-up record like like Coop was talking about, and then put out, you know, music since then. Yep. Um, I think along with the next woman I'll have, they really laid down the blueprint for, for women in pop, moving forward. Like if you look at, Pink and Christina Aguilera and stuff like that, a Absolutely. lot of that Absolutely. is based on what they were sort of laying down. Uh, you know, fem- feminist themes. I think I think too like. Just going under their own name and, and you know, just them out there. Uh, lots of sort of feminist themes around women's empowerment and stuff like that. Cindy Lauper, Girls Just Want to Have Fun, of course, is the song I chose. Yeah. Love that song. Yep. Time After Time, great song. And, and right the up. song I love. Love True Colors. I love True Colors. Love that song.
0: Oh, great. Three great picks. And, and, you know, Girls Just Want to Have Fun was... Maybe there was a goofy pop song in a lot of ways, right? Then you have time after time come. And mm. wow. Wow. I mean, this is not the goofy girl, right? Mm. Uh and uh, wow, the vocal like that is just that track is, is is gold. Gold that track. Yeah. Yeah, how good it was.
1: And it was and like I said, I mean, to then follow up with two colors, which was also like a huge track that gets covered a lot still today.
0: Yeah, Bill Collins actually covered it.
1: Yeah. I mean um, it shows the depth the depth that she had. Because that's yeah. I mean, the yeah it's one thing to put out a good initial record, but then to follow it up. It's, it's something else.
0: Yeah, and you know the other thing about those first two albums, a lot of good deep cuts on those albums too. Mm. You know, I know there were some hits, but the deep cuts were, were as good as some of the regular ones as well.
1: And so and your and your dad was a was a lopper. I saw the picture.
0: If the picture was found last night, Dave, that was the, I, I didn't know they found the picture. We will look up. Yeah, I've talked about the picture. Um, it's the picture. It's the picture of my dad, um, on Cindy off lap at a Christmas party. Uh, yeah. and again, you know, my dad was the driver, but, uh, he was treated very well by a lot of people and Cindy treated him great. Um, he was a fan of hers, right. Uh, he liked her a lot. And, uh, I didn't know my mom wasn't at, my mom knew the picture. I thought she was at the Christmas party. My dad, she was not at that Christmas party with my dad. But it wasn't like a, yeah, but but they found the picture last night. um, Because I hadn't seen it for 20 years, 30 years, maybe. You know, so we talked about, you know, Tears for Fears, right? Mm. Cindy Lauper comes out with an album in 84. And you want to talk about someone who knew what to do. She starts, what a marketing genius she was, right? She got her yeah. name out there. She starts like she, she makes an alliance with the World Wrestling Federation as they're coming up. There, this is the rise of the World Wrestling Federation. She makes friends with these people. Like right? she puts them in their music videos. She starts going to their events. She's on MTV. What a, what a genius move! I mean, it was just absolute genius. I don't know, you know, if it was her who came up with that idea or her, her manager, but I'm gonna say she had something. To, I'm gonna say she really had something to do with it. Um. I never asked my dad that question if if he, what he thought happened, but um, but yeah, she was a genius. The other thing I say is my dad said, "What you saw is what you got with her." So like what mm. you saw on TV is exactly what you saw. So uh, you know, but yeah, that was she. She was great. Cindy, Cindy had mm. a Cindy had Cindy had a run, but I think I don't know what happened because some of those other albums are good that followed it up. You go listen to the tracks; they're they're good albums. She should have really had a um. A very long career, like not long. He yeah, had a long career, but a very yeah. A lot more. I don't know what happened. Uh, it was sort of
1: like a dip, and then I think she came back up, sort of in the early 2000s, late 90s. There was yeah. like a there was like a, a dip, and then she like got a lot more respect, yeah. like in those areas. And a lot of women artists that have got, that have a very long career kind of have have that dip. I mean, even the next one that I'll talk about, there was a bit of a dip in there. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. Oh, I love the band that you pick next, Coop. Yeah, love it. Uh,
0: again, I know it seems like I'm talking a lot about my family here, and I apologize, but there's so many connections with hey. uh It's the Pointer Sisters, they're famous for telling my grandfather to shut up at the Grammys Awards, who was bullying Christopher <laughs> Cross, right? Um, I and uh, my dad was there with him as well as my dad's brother. So, you know, uh, they told him that was a famous one of the most embarrassing scenes my dad said that he was ever a part of. Uh, And how did my dad get into the Grammys? Again, he had friends in the record business. They just gave him tickets uh, to get in. It's not like the public could go to this. So, yeah. Um, but the po- I like the Point of Sisters. Uh, I think mm-hmm. they're really good. Um, and uh, they were a trio of sisters again. I don't want to say they had the success of the Andrews Sisters and the um the Supremes, right? They mm-hmm. had some good success. Um, they mm-hmm. were they were in the, in the late seventies. They started getting well-known. I mean, they really peaked in the 80s, um, for sure. Um, and I picked three songs from them. The first one is, I think, was one of their first big hits. It's He's So Shy. Uh, and there were three sisters, June, Ruth, and Anita. Uh, June was on the on the lead vocals with this one. Um, I didn't know that He's So Shy was a song written originally for Leo Sayer. Oh wow. Now I can't maybe it was she's so shy. I don't know. I can't put a connection with that song and Leo Sayer anywhere together. Uh, I mean this is just such a classic R and B song. I'm sure it was another I'm sure it was another version of that song that was done um somehow, you know. Uh, you know, for Leo Sayer. I'm sure it was arranged very differently. But but I like that song. You know, it's it's a it's a cool song. And what I like about the point is just, again, you get even though one sister takes the lead vocal, all the sisters mm-hmm. are a part of it, right?
2: Hmm.
0: and then you know um i there's all you know there's a I, there's a bunch of songs had in the eighties I picked automatic in eighty three uh oh, that has ru root, root points on the levo that she has a deep baritone vocal in this song i mean I could have picked i know I'm so excited. Neutron Dance and mm. uh, you know Jump, but I picked this Auditon one. Dance, I think yeah. I think Automatic really paved like that kind of put the Pointer Sisters on a roll. That was the first of those singles, and I think it led to the success of of Jump and all that. Um, then they had a that was that was an '83. Then '85 they did a uh, a song called Dare Me. June Pointer back on the lead vocals and they smoke cigars in this video.
2: Hey, smoke,
0: the music video, like, and, and basically they're training a fighter. The fighter actually had me a, a guy, a big Olympic fighter named Mark Breland, who had a decent pro career. Uh, but he's in the video and they're training him and they come, they come walking in with their suits and they're smoking cigars. I'm like, this is cool. Like they're smoking cigars. So I, <laughs> so I picked Jeremy as the, as my third pointer sister song. I think after that, Daremy, the pointer sister's, like after 85, 86, they kind of fell off the map. Yeah, uh, after that, so they didn't have like I said. I don't think they had this. I'm not trying to put them in the Andrews, uh, sisters and uh, Supremes, but I kind of want to look. I, I guess groups and trios. What a lot I did a lot of trios tonight. So that that's
1: one. Another uh, piece of point of Sisters trivia: They did the pinball song in Sesame Street.
2: Oh yeah, the song
1: that got, that goes up to to twelve.
0: Oh wow! I forgot That's about that. Sisters. Yes. Yeah. Good job, Dave. Do, do, do. Yeah. Yeah. Good.
1: Yeah. So yeah. So uh, some classic Sesame Street in there. Um. Ah. Oh. Now this artist, she may have been on Sesame Street. I don't know, but it's Madonna.
0: So my dad loved Madonna. And what, my dad loved Madonna too, just you know I like love, a virgin album. He loved, but yeah. Madonna. That, yeah, he loved Madonna.
2: Yeah.
1: Good Jersey girl Madonna. Yeah. Um uh, I mean there's not much to I mean, what can I say that hasn't been said about Madonna? I mean I I, I was gonna say if she if, if Michael Jackson at the time was the king of pop, she was definitely the queen of pop. Because, you know, I mean she was especially by the time when you hit like a prayer and then Vogue. I mean, she was massive. Yes. Um, and then yep. to Coop, like with Cindy, I mean, she had a dip in there and then came back with Ray of light. And yep. well, you're you, the Confessions on a dance floor was big for her. Yep. So she I, had a bit of a dip, but was able to evolve her music. She was so
0: established by the time confession on a dance floor. Hury was a hall of famer at that point. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's a good album. Great title, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ray Light is also a good album, but I mean, she had a bit of a dip and kind of came back up, but she's always been sort of around. Yeah. Uh, oh, I love Madonna, love her. Uh, I guess the early Madonna. So I have Material Girl. I mean, these are all sort of like early songs. Right. Uh, Like a Virgin, of course, which is like iconic. And then like a prayer, I love that song.
0: Controversial song and video when that came out. Very, very oh. much well, so. Well. When like a prayer came out, that showed Madonna really wasn't afraid to push the envelope no and the song's brilliant that whole orchestral that that mm. gospel vibe um yeah, I mean, I know Papa don't preach hit a different yeah. theme I get it, but no this one and yeah. That's these were very much foundational Madonna songs you picked, but that one I just think mm. when I heard that song, I said, I said, she's gonna be, she's, I knew at that point she's gonna be one of the all time greats. I said, this I, deliver, I, a song, deliver a song like that is a great
1: song. I think the sort of foundational Madonna songs are like, like a virgin, obviously, um, like a prayer, and then Vogue probably were the ones that really sort of, yeah, but cemented when, her.
0: Her first album had Lucky Star and Borderline. If you would have told oh, me five Holiday. years later, Holiday, you would have told me five years later, six years later, she's doing like a prayer, I would have said, you're nuts, mm-hmm. right? Because again, she was kind of doing some of that, like, save kind of. Yeah, yeah, pop, yeah. Poppy.
1: Poppy, yeah, yeah.
0: Look what she, and then, you know, you get into some of this stuff, and then obviously Ray of Light, and, you know, Vogue, yeah. come on, Papa, don't preach. So, but even, like, if you would have told me, like, she was going to arrange a song. Like, she wrote all of her first album. Like she's always wrote her mm. own music, right? If you would have told mm. me she was going to arrange a song at the level of of, of like a prayer, um, mm. I would have said, You're nuts. So, she really oh, evolved. Yeah. She really evolved.
1: And then, too, like, it wasn't just, it, and like, one of your later artists sort of gets into this, but I think a lot of times we're talking about the music being very sort of having a lot of feminist themes. And a lot of women in agency, both with sexuality and other things. But their performances were quite, you know, they're like what you expect. They stand up there, they sing. Um, but with, with Donna, it wasn't just it wasn't just really strong female songs, but her performances as well were these like massive undertakings that had a lot of pro-woman themes, were really pushing the boundaries as well. That I think get taken up and well I know definitely one of your later artists, Coop, like is as much about the songs as it is the performance. And the performances are pushing the envelope in a lot of ways. Absolutely absolutely. So she was one of the one of the early ones to really bring that sort of performance side and really push that performance side of things.
0: She did. And like I said, I think it's it's she was such an important like if you're gonna talk about women in music, she's had commercial success. Yeah, like I said, she she wrote, arranged all of her own music. She choreographs every show herself, right? Uh, and she hits some again. She would hit themes that you know were controversial and wasn't didn't shy yes. away from it at all.
1: No, love Madonna had to be on there.
0: Yep. All right, you're up, Coop. Uh, yeah. So we don't talk about this woman enough. Uh, in fact, I don't no. think really mentioned her. But I'm gonna pay a homage to Australia. Um, Ooh. and she had a window, I think, in the late seventies, early eighties, of, of big success. Um, and that's Olivia Newton John. Yes. Uh, I would categorize Olivia as a cross of adult contemporary and country. Um, mm-hmm. that was um, and uh, like I guess who didn't love Olivia? Like, we, we, you weren't oh, yeah. when Greece came out. I mean, we all fell in love with her in Greece. Cause that character the sweet girl and I didn't even include Grease music on here right so mm. that's a, that's the amazing thing but you know she she was um she started um she did she was good at ballads right um and you know i i just think the other thing she had is um you can see she made a little bit of a change in her career later uh her voice that range was incredible mm. um and she is a soprano could really hit some notes. I mean, her voice was a was was what a voice, what a voice, mm. um, for sure. Um, but I picked three songs by her. Um, and I want to mention the third one's the one. Most, uh, have you ever been mellow? More of a safe nineteen seventy-five ballad. Um, then a little more love. Again, it has a little bit of a of a country feel to that uh song. And that was seventy-eight. And it was in seventy-eight when she became Greece. She did Greece, right? Mm. And Olivia was the sweet girl. Like she was always the sweet girl with Have You Ever Mill and A Little More Love. Uh, Those types of songs. uh, You know, you could go by the hopelessly the boat of you was in there. You know, but then she does the transformation. The Sandy character undergoes the transformation Mm -hmm. into, uh, you know, the wearing the poodle skirts to wearing the leather pants, right? Yeah. And Olivia, I think after that, Olivia kind of took that and said, I'm going to bring that into my career. Right. Mm. So what does she do? She goes and releases this album called physical, right? Yeah. And and the song physical, man, she's in there with her leotards and and totally kind of comfortable in her own like sexuality with this very suggestive video. Again, at the time, even it was 40 monster hit for her becomes her biggest Mm. hit. Uh, And I think if you, you know, and I think that was an important step she took again, you know, she kind of just showed she wasn't a one trick pony. Um, and uh, you know, I think I think she, she sustained a career like from the. She didn't really do much after the, the early '80s, but mm. she was able to sustain that career for 40 years afterwards too. So,
1: not yeah, we don't talk enough, Olivia. But she's yeah, yeah. I mean, she's an icon here.
0: I'm sure. I I don't think she's had that monster album, Dave. That's the one thing. No. I, I, and that's the one thing I will say. Some of the like. The Pointer Sisters had a couple, like I don't, I I say they didn't have a monster album, but Olivia didn't have that monster album unless you want to count Greece, unless. But that wasn't her. That wasn't all her, so I can't count that as just her album.
1: Yep. Well, I'm going to round out the '80s with a woman artist that we haven't talked a ton about on the show, and that is Whitney Houston. So, I think we
0: we haven't talked a lot about Whitney. Couple of times. No, I I th- a yeah, couple not times.
1: But I think what Whitney does, <clears throat> she's huge in pop, obviously, but she really kickstarts the women in R and B pop R and B movement. That sort of pop R and B sound. She really kickstarts that, which will be huge in the '90s with bands like TLC, um, stuff like that. So, <clears throat> I think she really kicks that off. She has an amazing voice, totally. like her vocals. Incredible, <laughs> um, and yeah, this was was huge, uh, especially around like I said, the kind of the late '80s, early '90s. Um, I wanted to dance with somebody is one of the songs I picked. Yep, you got to have yep. that song. Yep. I will always love you, which is the cover of the uh, Dolly Parton track. Yep. Who Dolly? <clears throat> Dolly when she saw it, when she heard the vocals, she just couldn't believe it. Like Kevin Kevin Costner was the one who pushed for Whitney to cover that song for the bodyguard.
0: Yep. Which somehow won Album and, of the Year, but I didn't get that yeah. one. But but the song's good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And and uh, Dolly heard it and she couldn't believe it. She just loved the vocal on it. Um and then Saving All My Love for You. Like I think I think Whitney really excelled in those sort of like ballads. That was her big hit that put her over the top from the debut album. Yeah.
0: Um so she had a couple of singles before that, and then "Saving All My Love for You." I'm like, that's when people took notice, and because that was one of her earlier hits. And like, what a song! Uh, Great song. Yeah, you know, you know who really, in, you know who introduced Whitney Houston to the world though, was Teddy Pendergrass. Oh yeah, baby, yeah. Yep. Because he did the they did that song "Hold Me." It was his song, but she was the female vocals on that song, and everyone kind of. I think a lot of people took notice from the record industry and some of the radio stations. Like, who's this woman? She's got a voice. Um, and I think that song ended up Teddy let her use the song on on the uh, debut album. She did. So, I'm,
1: but yeah, top. great. Uh, yeah. Great voice. Don't talk enough, Whitney.
0: Yeah. By the way, she does. a. You want to talk about, again, fem- she does a cover of uh, Chaka Khan's I'm Every Woman. That's killer. killer. Yes, killer. yes, killer. yes, she does. And if you look on YouTube, there actually is a duet of them doing it together. One really? Duet. Yeah, there is a duet on there. Um, there, uh, yeah.
1: Excellent call on that song. Yeah, that's a tremendous song.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I almost picked Chaka. Didn't make the cut this year. She'll be on next year. I just, I, I <laughs> was Chaka. You want? I'm a big Chaka fan, so. So yeah.
1: Let's see who you got next year, All right. Cooper.
0: So I, so I move, I'm moving out of the 80s. I'm into the 90s. This is an artist that I think somehow uh, rode the coattails of what Whitney did. But I don't think she, I don't know. I, I'm just shocked she didn't have more success. But I'm a, mm-hmm. but, but I'm a fan of hers. It's Olita Adams. Mm. Now, you want to talk again who introduced Olita Adams to the world? It was Tears for Fears. Um, And they started using her in the mid-80s uh, for piano and vo- guest vocals on tour. Um, When Tears for Fears does the Seeds of Love album, Olita is very prominent. and She did a lot of touring with them. Uh, And one deep track from that album is a song called Bad Man's Song. Uh, Mm. Just a great duet. It's kind of like a Tears for Fears vibe, but Olita brings kind of the the gospel R and B version. It's something it's a deep, it's a. I think Tears for Fears fans love that song, but it was not, it's a very deep track. They may know Woman in yeah. Chains, but she was on that one too. But but I, I picked Batman so because I think it really showcased her vocals. Um so much so that Lita had a huge success. She toured with Tears for Fears on the Seeds of Love Tour. And then she struck out on her own uh, as a solo artist. And she did a, a her big hit was a song called Get Here. Uh, just a great mm. R&B. Like, like you said, you mentioned Whitney starting that R&B movement. And I, again, I'm like, wow, Alita's now – I thought Alita was going to be really, really big. Um, She does a cover in 93 of New York State of Mind by – Right. is incredible. But I don't know. Alita kind of faded out. I mm. mean, she just kind of faded out. And her stuff wasn't bad afterwards. I'm just saying, but, I, you know – I Thought she was going to be that next. I thought she, we would be talking about her, like Whitney Houston. But there is a Tears for Fears connection, and I opted to give her the slot to hear over Chaka. So, but uh, but yeah. I, I, I'm a fan of her music, by the way. And there's some good deep tracks on her own versions as well. Of that, so uh, what a voice that woman's got, too. Very soulful mm. gospel voice. Um, I, I I could have said, I don't know. Maybe if things worked out a certain way, she could have been as big as Whitney. I don't know.
1: No, excellent pick. Excellent pick.
0: Yeah. I think, yeah.
1: I mean, I think those that time in music, too, it's sort of like we're getting away from it now, but for a long time in music, there's sort of like, oh, you know, here's the one woman artist we're really going to push. And then it, there's, you know, and sort of a lot of other great women artists didn't really get the run you know, that they deserved, really. Um, I know that happened in hip-hop a lot. And speaking of hip-hop, Coop, we're going to jump in the 90s with Missy Elliott. Coop, yeah. Who, who took on a very male-dominated genre of hip-hop, took that head on. Now, this was also at the time where it's like, oh, well, Missy Elliott's the one woman, you know, the one female hip-hop artist. We don't really need any other ones, unfortunately. Because sort of like... She's really big and then fades a little bit. And then Lauryn Hill is really big and then she fades. So I think nowadays, like in music now, we can have multiple women hip hop artists all really succeeding at the same time. But it wasn't really like that then. I mean, Emma, I mean, you have a little Kim, I think, as well in there. But uh, so she kind of spearheaded that. I think the thing about her is a lot of women were featured on songs, but she did her own record. That had a lot about sexuality. was very aggressive. It was just amazing. She's a great lyricist. I love her delivery. And she was just, I mean, I think the thing about it is she could sort of hold her own with any male artist at the time. And it was just really good. Like inspirational. And we'll talk about other artists now. But still having a huge impact on women today in hip hop. And put out a record as recent as a couple years ago. We got uh, the songs I chose was Hidden with the He," which is off her first record, Super Duper Fly, which is sort of like the the big '90s record. Yep. Get your freak on! You have to have that song, Coop. Yep. You have to have that song. And then I'm Really Hot, which is a song I love. That song. Um, but no, I mean she's been she's been great, uh, highly influential to a lot of artists and definitely helped sort of like pave the way for women in hip-hop, which will really take full effect kind of within the last five to six years, I would say. But good work, Missy.
0: Yeah, you know, um, done well at the Grammys. Um, Yeah. You know, she's won some Grammy Awards. Um, She's even in the Songwriters Hall of Fame. Where's the the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame recognition for her? Because she's eligible... She's eligible and again we're putting rappers in. You want to talk about a, a, an influential rap? You 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 just said it. She was the one who really paved the way. Uh yeah, you know, rock and roll Hall of is big on foundation stuff. They need to be taking a look at Missy Elliott here.
1: I mean, I would oh. say her, Queen Latifah, like you had, salt and pepper in there. But uh but her, but she really I think she was the one that really broke broke through that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree with you on that. Sure. Um you know I don't I don't know if she ever had a family did she ever have a family? I know Alita Adams I don't know. Alita, I, you know you think Alita didn't go off and start a family or anything when she you know but I was just curious about that one. I don't know. You know, because we talked
1: about- sorry, I just saw your next band. Go ahead, Coop.
0: No, let's go ahead. Um You're right. you're you're
1: really giving a lot of love to the uh Oceania region out here, Australia and stuff. You're you're showing the love, Coop.
0: Yeah. All anyway, right, you want to talk about someone who's not getting any consideration for the for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Kylie Minogue. Boo. Wow. Boo that she's in or that she's not in?
1: Boo that she's not in. Like I, why yeah. is she not getting any
0: All right. Yeah. So, yeah, no, exactly. Um, what a monster career she's had. Now, she started out in the late eighties, right? And she comes along at the time. There was Debbie Gibson, uh, Yeah. Tiffany Yeah. And Kylie Minogue, right? And they were all kind of in this young teeny teen girl Mm. music. There was a big, there was this whole teen girl thing. I think I remember discussions with with talking music with people I knew. Um, everyone thought Tiffany was gonna be the was gonna be the monster of the three. Oops. I think people thought Debbie would fade out. Kylie was Kylie just as this cover of the Locomotion, right? That's right, and she kind of hung in there in the nineties she really she didn't have a she had some success, but I don't think she had that breakthrough um and then uh in two thousand one uh the fever album comes out mm. and can't get you out of my head huge huge i mean worldwide smash uh it was big on commercials in the u s her biggest hit by far um and he kind of embraces this, like you know, post disco
1: in mm. you know,
0: her music, right? And Excellent look, point. I can't though. get your head. It maybe, yeah. Can't get your head. Dance music for sure, but but I think there's a disco vibe in this, um, mm-hmm. which I'll even talk about with a recent work. And I can't get your head. Maybe overplayed, right? But you can't underrate what, what, a, what no. as far as women and songs. This has got to be up there with, with the top ten in terms of all-time success and we wouldn't have thought this was the girl from from uh local covering the locomotion in the late 80s right there's a, and that's a deep album that whole fever album and i picked another song love at first sight's actually my favorite song on that one um uh, mm. it, it's uh again it's got a little more of a post-disco feel to it as well um and then she did an album in 2021 called disco it was on my top 10 this year yes uh and the read track is called magic and that's more of a throwback a little more on disco uh that she did. Um I'm I'm a big fan of hers personally. She went through a, a very tough cancer battle, people forget. Breast cancer battle, uh I think after the fever mm. album. Uh mm-hmm. and to overcome that, um, she for a while she was doing the uh she was doing one of those reality shows, um, with Tom like the one with Tom Jones, I can't think of the name of it now. Uh, but she was one of the celebrity judges and everything. Um,
1: oh, right, like The Voice or something. The
0: Voice. It was the UK version of The Voice, though. So. Which, if you're gonna watch The Voice, you gotta watch the UK version. It's it's the best one. It's got Will I Am, Tom Jones, and usually they pick a female. Uh they have different female ones in there. Kylie did it one hmm. year. Uh and uh, Tom Jones covered some Kylie songs, but that's that's another thing. But yeah, so hey. I pick I picked Kylie, man. I think you gotta be talking about her. And, and yeah, came on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. For whatever reason, uh, because I know it's they, these type of post disco artists are, are ignored, unfortunately. Um, I know. Hey, let me ask one question. Yeah, who's a, who's bigger in Australia now? Like, who is the? Would you say it's Olivia newton durano Is it Kylie or is it someone else? That like, hey, look, they're like the queen of Australian music.
1: I would say, I would say probably Kylie.
0: I was like everybody there, knows Kylie. Kylie's had a longer career in, in terms of commercial success than Olivia. Yeah. I know everyone loves Olivia, but yeah.
1: I mean, if you go bands, just straight up bands, like in excess by far.
0: Yeah. I'm just, yeah. But, so the solo yeah. female. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I would say Kylie probably.
0: Yeah. Is there anyone else with Kylie and Olivia that you'd put on like that level?
1: Oof, I'd have to, yeah. I'd have to, I'd have to really look at that and have a think.
0: Yeah, but that's, I think, But again, that's a huge career she's had. And she's oh, yeah. A, she's taken it international, so.
1: Yeah. No, excellent. No, uh, Kylie's amazing. Wasn't she,
0: she was an actress, too, if I'm not mistaken.
1: She's yeah, her a, sister was as well, Danny. Yeah. yeah. Kylie and Danny. But,
0: Minogue. And she's beautiful. I can't. Uh, huge. Oh, uh, uh, Kylie. I want one date. <laughs>
1: uh, hey, go go. Uh, write, write her a letter, Coop.
0: Yeah, my wife would love that.
1: She, she listens to the show. <laughs> um, I went with Ani DeFranco, who we haven't talked about a ton.
0: We've mentioned her, but yeah, that's a good pick.
1: We've mentioned her. In the 90s, it's this sort of explosion of women singer-songwriters, like in the vein of Joni Mitchell we talked about earlier, sort of having a resurgence. If you think around, like, The Lilith Fair and, like, Dar Williams, Indigo Girls, Patty Griffin, Jewel, like even like Sarah McLachlan, Shania Twain, like sort of your singer songwriter or not, uh, not Shania Twain, but Sheryl uh, Crow, sort of your singer songwriter acoustic based, um, sort of artist was a big year for them, or a big era for them. Um, and Ida Franco was sort of like at the front end of that, uh, creating her own record label, Righteous Babe Records. Uh, big indie artist, extremely prolific, uh, putting out good music still. Like I think she made the top fifty last year. Um, yeah, talks about sexuality a lot, feminism, and I think we we were talking about a lot of artists talking about that. I think what she did differently is she sort of ushered in this sort of idea of activist music, right? So a lot of her songs were not just about those themes, but were about like taking action. And she would, her record label would run different different uh, activist concerts and like marches. And it, it, it was sort of a throwback, I think, to like the late 60s, early 70s, where music wasn't just about the themes, it was also about activism, which she sort of brought back into the 90s um, with a lot of her stuff. And the songs I picked, uh, 32 Flavors, which is sort of a big song for her. That's a big album for her, actually. Uh 32 Flavors big song. Little Plastic Castle is probably the one that got the most airplay. Um in the in the nineties. And I'm no heroine, which is a perfect which is a perfect song that I love. But yeah, Ani DeFranco, like uh very influential nineties artist, uh, especially in the in the um indie music space. And uh yeah. I think I think Hector's a fan. Mm-hmm. Of uh, of hers,
0: yeah. Uh She's had a longer career than people may not realize. Like you said, she started out in like late eighties, early nineties. She's in her fifties already, uh, so she's yeah. got plenty of good music. But yeah, she's had a long career. Uh, she's
1: sort of slowed down, but there were years where she's putting out two records a year. Yeah, I mean, a I mean her and, production is crazy,
0: and, and her her. You know, a lot of she really touched a lot of genres from like folk. Uh, yeah. I mean, There's even punk influences in some of her songs. Oh, yeah, definitely. Jazz. I mean, yeah. So uh, um, and I believe she distributes her own music, which is a rare. Yeah. yeah. So she owns like like a, like a Prince Paisley Park. I think she has her own label. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, that, again, and that's a really how many there's not a lot of female artists who, again, you talk about looking at women's contributions for this month. Mm. That's a that's a very good pick. Uh maybe mm. not the biggest name in the US, but certainly um uh Yeah, check her out, man. Guys, should check her out. I agree. Yep.
1: Ooh, Coop, who we got? Who we got? Pink. Oh yeah. So yeah, I thought, yeah, go ahead. You love pink. Go for it. I like pink. I love pink.
0: She's edgy, right? I like mm. her edginess that she's brought. Now, she I don't I I can't say she's aggress more aggressive in her music. She's more um you know, she's take control of her music. Now, I'll say this, the best Monday night, well, the best football song for a football broadcast was when she did for one year the Sunday night football song on NBC here in the US. She did Monday. All night right. Monday. So, and they, they got rid of her for Faith Hill. Like I don't know oh, boo! Pink, Pink was awesome. She like her vibe like like they showed the graphics with the NFL players it was a great song. Unfortunately, that's not on the Spotify, so I couldn't put it on a playlist. Uh, but I'll put a YouTube link out there for it. Um, but um, I think she did, like I said, she really uh, came to prominence with my first song. It was, it was Lady Marmalade, uh, which was a, a uh, collaboration. with uh, Really, in, the, the main person in that collaboration was Christina Aguilera. Uh, they covered the, the classic song Lady Marmalade in 2000. Uh, little Kim and Maya were in there with Pink. And I think that's the first time people uh got to really know Pink uh more mainstream. And she broke mm. with aggressiveness into the song. But but man, then she goes uh she co- then she just really explodes in the two thousands. Uh Get the Party Started. That's like a signature song for her. Um and then mm. my favorite, You in Your Hand, with the with the line, I'm not here for your entertainment. I love yeah. it. The, that's the edgy pink um you know again I I just and pink's kind of faded off in recent years too um you know she I don't I I'm kind of waiting it for pink to make a big splash again pink yeah yeah, yeah um I, I just yeah'm kind of but there was like about a six or seven year run in the 2000 <laughs> where, where pink was probably uh you know one of one of the more um I, I mean there's a lot we could do a whole show on pink there's a lot to her music too um so um she has a lot of interesting uh you know uh things that happen you know i would definitely uh you know I'm trying to think how old she's in her, i just looked it up she's 42 so she's still pretty young um mm. and uh you know um she does have she did a. Uh, she does have a family or she does have kids. Yeah. I don't know if she's married. And a lot of times that's what happens with the women artists that look, they do take time off to have families. Mm. Um, It's happened, you know, Alanis did it. So, I mean, it's, she, she's done it as well, Um, as well. But, uh, you know, I'm, like I said, I'd like to see, I like to see more. I want to see some more pink music. Uh, yeah. With,
1: I mean, she was sort of good, pink kind of on the front end of that. What now?
0: She's doing some, but it's just not as good as what she was doing in the in the in the early part of the the, de- the two thousand yeah. decade.
1: she was sort of at the front end of that like girl power movement that uh, that like really about women being strong and strong women and, very and girl much, power and. Very she's much. sort of at the front end of that.
0: Yeah, um, she was big LGBT supporter. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a big animal rights activist. Um as well uh very good with charities too people don't rise with pink she's very good with the charities so um you know i uh you know like i said i i, I uh I, I like her I'm a big fan. Like I said, bring back the Sunday night football song with her.
1: Bring it back. Yeah. Uh now we're gonna go my last two are in modern. So we're gonna go yep, like yep. current <clears throat> even though a lot of the people we said are putting out current stuff. But Courtney Barnett who I'm gonna see in concert tonight. Is oh, wow. uh Aussie artist? It's very Aussie today, Coop. Three Aussie artists today.
0: Yes. Um we'll have to get a report from the concert from you. Yeah. Is this your first concert since the pandemic's kind of yes? Started?
1: It would be. Oh, it wow. would be, yes.
0: Oh wow. So we're gonna have to get a full report at the next show.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she um She is an artist who's bringing back like a punk style with sort of singer songwriter sort of influences. Um, I think she really highlights the diversity of women's music now Mm -hmm. because you have her doing a lot of stuff. But also, like you listen to the women artists who are putting out very feminist based themes, very themes around violence against women, around women's rights and things. It's her Taylor Swift. the Chicks, I mean, even like Billie Eilish's new record. Like, there's tons of different artists out there kind of really talking about women's issues more directly. Um, she's in the same style as sort of like a Joni Mitchell, I and Franco Pay Smith, that sort of singer songwriter style. I really like her. She's um, the songs I picked Avant Gardner is sort of like her, like one of her early tracks. It's very good. Her biggest track that had a big breakthrough internationally for her was Pedestrian at Best, which is far more punky than her other stuff. That helped her get an album with Kurt Vile. It got her a lot of listens. And then Nameless Faceless, which is off of uh, a record. And it's kind of about violence against women. And it's a good, good track. So yeah, Courtney Barnett, bringing it out there.
0: Good job. Yeah, I mean, she may not be as well known in the U.S. We've talked about her a lot on this show. I know you have, so hmm. uh, definitely one of the treasures in Australia for sure. Um, That's right, and a very good, very good artist. Yeah, um, you introduced me to her on the old jukebox days.
1: On the old jukebox days. That's right.
0: Yep, yep. So uh, very good artist.
1: Now, done. Coop, who are you going to close us out with? Who, who who closes your list?
0: I'm gonna. It's a it's a band. Probably a lot of people haven't heard of. Right. Um, but they're a girl band, uh, out of Ireland, uh, called Girls Aloud. Mm. A loud one word. Um, yes, yes. So there was a reason why I picked this one. Um, they're one of these bands that, like, they're like the Robbie, uh, Robbie Williams, like, yeah, really popular in the UK, but didn't really ever make it into the US. Uh, but what was interesting is, uh, they were a band that was formed uh, from a reality show. Uh, okay. Called Pop Stars, The Rivals, right? Uh, and there is a there were five of the members of the band, uh, and uh, they were kind of put together like the Monkees. So it was like this. This was like a female, more modern version of the Monkees, um, and they actually ended up becoming like a band. They didn't quite have the, you know, because they, they really, they were put together. They were kind of, they were, they were, it was like a shotgun wedding they were put together. But they've had, right. They've had big success, Dave, in the UK. They, they, they did some serious success they had. Um, big, you could argue they had more chart success than maybe the Monkees if you look at them from a UK perspective. Uh, right. And uh, they eventually, they, they went from like 2002 to 2013. Uh, last year they lost their lead singer, uh, Sarah Harding. Um, mm. or one of the, I should say one of their members, Sarah Harding. Um, but their songs had very much an eighties vibe to it. So it was very much an 80, like you could have probably take their music and say, you got to pick a decade. It was really the eighties, not the two thousands. Um, so I, I, and I picked three songs from them. Um, the first one I picked is called love machine. Uh, it's not the love machine we may know of. But what's interesting about that song is they reference a uh, Frankie Goes to Hollywood song in, in the lyrics, right? Uh, called Two Tribes Go to War." Um, so a really a really good uh track I like. Um, and then um, moving forward, uh, they did a cover in 2004 of the Pointer Sisters "Jump," and I, I love that. Oh, nice! Cover. I love that cover. Um, um, you know, it was um to me it was just. It was really good, but again, even though it had an 80s vibe, it had a little more of an electronic feel to it in a lot of ways. Um, and uh, then, um, you know, by the, you know, the third song I picked is a song called The Promise, which by this point, they weren't looked at. This was a 2009 song. They weren't looked at it as like band formed on a TV show. They, they were very well established. In a lot of ways, they were being called a super group in, in the UK and and the promise is really it's a, it's a, it's kind of a um, more of an upbeat love song that they did um, and again it was one of their uh, that got them a lot of critical acclaim as well um, right for that so this is a band like i said they're all female band right and they don't like i said so worth checking out i don't know if, like i said they did lose one of the members much sure, i think she had cancer so i'm not sure uh, it, you know but i'm sure at some point the, this band is going to get back together um and uh, we'll see what happens with that. But check out Girls Aloud. I think they, uh, mm. they're they worth a check out. Uh, but kind of like look through some of the music and you'll see how they kind of like the monkeys kind of evolved a bit from
1: uh, from nice uh, from a TV
0: band to, to a real band. They didn't play nice. they were more vocalists, so they didn't play instruments, but they,
1: they yeah. were
0: involved with the music quite a bit.
1: Well, I picked for my last one, <clears throat> I picked one that, you know, if Courtney Barnett isn't huge in America yet, this artist is, and it's, of course, Beyonce. you got to have Beyonce on this list. Coop? No, no, so far. Um, like, uh, you know, I, I mean, what can you say about Beyonce? It's just like Madonna, really. Um, a lot of her later stuff is really sort of a lot like Lizzo or, or Megan Thee Stallion, like really doing a lot. She's doing a lot more hip hop than she used to do, rapping a lot more than she used to. She's kind of moving on from like the pop, you know, queen to more of activist R&B, taking like, you know, issues of race and feminist um, themes really like head on. Um, I, I wrote my notes, Queen of Pop and of my life. I love Beyonce. <laughs> yep. um, she's done a lot of great stuff. I, I'd have to say, like her recent stuff is taking far more of an activist sort of well, push. Um, formation is off Lemonade, is, is uh, directly about race and police and injustice and that sort of thing. EXO, which is off of her self-titled album, Beyonce, is kind of more your classic pop sort of love song, R&B song from her. I love that song. It's a great song, EXO. And then My Power, I chose. So she did a record kind of, it was like the Lion King record, so it included her song on the Lion King, but also music inspired by the movie. So it was a lot of songs that featured African artists. And my power is her and a number of different rappers, you know, singing about women's power and, and stuff like that. And it's a great track. And she's on there along with other, out of, uh, other artists. So I would suggest checking it out. Yeah. Love me some Beyonce.
0: You know, um, I know you didn't mention it, but can't underestimate the impact of single ladies. Oh, huge Uh, song. I mean, huge song. Uh, And kind of became a little bit of a feminist uh, message in a lot of ways. Um, From a different perspective.
1: Yeah, well, what she did is even in a lot of women's R&B, it was about a relationship with a man, most of the songs, right? Yeah, yep. And what Single Light is, is like, well, let's just take the man out of it.
0: Let's just take the man out of it. Exactly. That's a great
1: point. And, And we'll just sing about how it's great to be women out there, like... You know, uh, hooking up with people. Like we don't need a man in the song at all.
0: Yeah, and, and that's a good point you make because we we hear women like breaking up and going single. Yeah. But this is the this is you look at that song. It's the other way around. Like you don't see that in a lot of music. Like, if there's no. songs out there, it's not a lot of them that I've heard with this. That and so certainly not one that had the impact of, of that song. Um, no and
1: because yeah because a lot of relationship songs are about how women define themselves in relation to a man being like you said either breaking up with or falling in love with where single ladies is like we're we're just defining ourselves as women and we don't have to find it we're not it doesn't matter what the man is at all like the man is secondary
0: yep yeah yeah so yeah i mean uh, and you picked three great songs i just that one kind of came to mind in terms of uh that song, uh, and the impact it had.
1: Yeah. Final thoughts. I mean, I just said really quickly, <clears throat> I think music, the women's music is really diverse right now. There's a lot of different artists doing really well in different genres. I mean, you have the chicks, you have Casey Musgraves, you have Lord, you have Billie Eilish. I mean, we've been talking about this a couple of times coop, like the last couple of years, the top 50, when you go to the top 10, like six or seven people in the top 10 are all women artists. Yeah. I mean, you got Soccer Mommy just came out with a new record. Yeah. Uh, you got a lot of women artists doing a lot of different things. You got a lot of women rappers that are all Doja Cat. So I think the diversity of women's music is probably at the best it's been now, I think.
0: Yeah. Um a couple of things I'm worried about is, you know, I think in general, I've always worried about the instrumentation seems to be taking a secondary role, not just in women's music, but, but all music, right? Uh, the love of the back, backing band just hasn't been there with a lot. Of mm. um, and uh, like I said, I'm hoping that Billy Eilish and Olivia Rodrigo, like not discounting what they had, it's, I hope that's not going to be a trend in their careers for the next 10 years. I want to see them evolve. And see what they can do, um, instrumentation wise. But I think the pandemic had a lot to do with that too, uh, because
1: yeah, to quite studio, limited, and yeah. to
0: do studio recordings was very difficult. So mm. I think what they found is like the Billy Eilishes and the Olivia Rodriguez, They found ways to kind of create music and, and catch music really good. But but I think that there's so much potential with the two of them. I want to see them kind of evolve uh, over the um, the next ten years, uh, and I'm really yeah. I think they both can. I think they showed they both can. And by the way, I'm not knocking what they did in a lot of ways, especially with Billy Eilish, that completely changed the music landscape uh, mm. in a couple of years ago. So that's saying a lot, you know, and again, that's saying a lot that and there's a big, like you saying there's a big impact in it. Uh, I kind of like maybe see us. I think we'll see a slight retro throwback to some of this pretty soon. So, and I think it's going to be really beautiful when we see it, um, mm. but I think the pandemic's had, a, had, definitely something to do with that as well um mm. you know so you know and there's a lot of artists like i i was looking at casey musgrave as, as someone um i had covered i know last time i talked about um amy winehouse so i didn't do her again yeah. this year um you know certainly i didn't know what else i could say after saying it but you know, amy winehouse has just become like legend like kind of become mm. like the janice joplin of uh our you know the next generation mm. You know, mm. didn't have a long career, but boy, is she, t- you know, her legacy's not going anywhere. So, uh, I think in the end, female artists are, uh, there's a lot of important things, uh, a lot of contributions over the last 50 years for sure. And, uh, mm. I'm like, I, said, I know we're gonna tap into more of these next year. Um, mm. it'll be easy to do another list next year for sure.
1: New music coupe,
0: yep. So, I know we mentioned Cigar Hustler before. Uh, check you got, the uh, surgeon's gonna be on Monday night. Yeah, watch, um, him watch, watch him get roasted. Watch uh, him get roasted. He'll hold his own. But uh, but uh, Cigar hustle will in Deltona, Florida. Um, and um, go visit their store. I, I plan on going to visit them. I already told Mike that when I'm going to be there so he doesn't mess the date up again. Um, and if you can't get there, get on there. Uh, go to their website, Uh Check out the cigars they have for sale there. Get on their email list. Um you will get a uh, prompt notification on, uh, mm. on the cigars. Uh, if you're an LCA fan, they got LCA. Yep. Mike, Mike gets them out there right away. So you want to, if you're an LCA fan and you're looking to get LCA cigars, um, Hustle is a place to go. You're going to get that email and they sell out quickly. Right, so, yeah. so check that out. Uh, they have their own brand, Postani. We talked about them uh, as well. So uh, great cigars there. So uh Great store, great customer service, and great selection. Um, and great, they're good great people. So uh, they bust balls a lot, but they're good guys. <laughs>
1: yeah. I'll be interested to see how the conscious Canadian goes on that show. I mean, he is the conscious Canadian.
0: He is the conscious Canadian. It will be a very – it will be I, – I don't – I think there may be a moment or two uh, on that show. It will be tense, but I think it will be general pretty good.
1: Uh, oh, the, the conscious Canadian taking it for the team.
0: You know what's funny? They didn't want to beat Aaron up. <laughs> if you heard the show, they. Did, yeah. Like, uh, oh, Aaron's a good guy. Aaron, man. Know. They went right after the Circuit. Now, the easiest guy to go after on that is he's an Aaron Assess, right? Yeah. Uh, so June and John are usually the two easy going guys. So, uh, um, uh, I got to mention, mention one other thing uh, with them. So, um, the bank, the bangerang, which was a scar that Espinosa did. Yes. By the way, it it's a the great Palooza, cigar. Was on a going on as we record this. Uh, great cigar, and uh, Aaron Nielsen hooked me up with a few uh, bangerangs. So, uh,
1: oh, thanks, Aaron Nielsen. They're good. Yep, I've had two. I've they're had very two. good.
0: I've had two as well, but I had no more left. So uh, he he hoarded some.
1: I do I so uh, I
0: know I know Aaron's going down there, and I think Aaron is going to be going down. Like a lot of us, could be going into Florida to see the hustler guys. So, uh, check them out.
1: All right, enough about Mike. Enough, enough giving him. Yeah, Publicity. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Um so I went with new music <clears throat>, focusing on women's artists to stay I, with true to the I, theme. I,
0: I knew this first one was gonna be on here.
1: Die Parton, Firecracker. <laughs> <clears throat> so she has a new record out, Run Rose Run, which is gonna be a movie. Oh wow. Um I think it's gonna be I don't know if it's a Netflix movie or if it's gonna be released in theaters or whatever, but, but I think it's a great return to some fun country for her. She she kind of has been stuck in this like synthy like ballady stuff. Mm -hmm. that I really don't like. Right. And she's back to country bluegrass, having a bit of fun. I put on the notes too great studio work on this record. There's great studio artists on this record. uh, And the music is very tight, very good. So Die Part with Firecracker. Great track. Yeah. Side B Coffee, who is a reggae artist that I love. She's put out a number of EPs, but she's putting out a record like a full LP. Yeah, called Gifted. This is one of the singles. Um, It's kind of a she's starting to go sort of reggae pop crossover. uh, If you listen to it and uh, the songs pull up, I'm excited for the record. See if this is the one that kind of breaks her through. Um, She's done really well on the reggae side. She got a Grammy like for, you know, best reggae music a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. So we'll see if this pops her through to to the pop side of things. And Al archeology homework. This is an artist I didn't get to feature, so I'll mention her. It's Patti Smith with Horses.
0: A legendary album.
1: Legendary. Huge. Like kind of the queen of the punk scene on the East Coast, especially. Like yep. CBGBs, all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Very influential. I got a chance to see her perform Horses a couple years ago, which was very good.
0: She did the whole album?
1: She did the whole album. Oh, wow. The show was the record. Uh, I think Gloria is one of the best rock songs
0: ever. yeah.
1: And you got um, Redondo and Free Money, which are also very good. So yeah, check check that that record out if you have not.
0: Great pick, that was a great pick. Uh, certainly an album archaeology worthy album.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you know, she'd be all over your uh, New York uh, music scene and stuff, Coop.
0: Absolutely, absolutely.
1: Uh, her and uh, her and the Ramones kind of around that time, I think.
0: Totally, yeah. I mean, very true. I mean, she influenced Springsteen and a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Did a
1: song with Springsteen.
0: Yes, very true. Very true.
1: All right, close this out, Cooper.
0: All right, again, thanks to our audience again. Um, and uh, next show, 68, will be the dedication show. I think it's going to be next week, a week from now. But, but just stay tuned. We'll, we'll, David and I will finalize that. Uh, and uh, it's one of our big shows of the year. So we we'll, we'll look forward to that. Uh, also mention, um, if you're watching uh, Smoking Syndicate, uh, we're going to have on uh, myself, Ben Lee, of course, as the host. Um. Aaron Nielsen and Bear, we're all gonna be smoking the Aroa PCA exclusive on Wednesday Ooh. night. Yep. Uh so we'll see. We, we haven't we're doing one of the round, We haven't done a round table in four months because of weather. Uh mm. weather does play a role with some of the guys who have to smoke outside. So um so we'll have that one. And then on April seventh is the five year anniversary of the primetime show. Oh wow. Yep. Five years. It's actually the thirteenth, but I'm gonna be traveling. Um, and the guest will be um, Justin Andrews of General Cigar.
2: Oh, and
0: Aaron loves to beat up on uh, Aaron loves to beat up on Justin, <laughs> so <laughs> and uh, they made some fire because Justin thinks Aaron hates his cigars. So, uh, <laughs> right, look, I'll say something about Justin. I don't know, you probably don't know him. Uh, legitimate no. cigar guy, uh, started with a company called Lou Rodriguez Cigars. Uh, went to general and he's really a guy who's involved in cigar making I, could, I I've heard this from a lot of people so he's not the guy who's saying I'm blending with AJ he's really blending with AJ this is a guy who's got to mm. see it and I've been told this from people who are close close to the situation so I trust the people so Justin is the real deal uh, even though Aaron nice. even though Aaron hates his cigars so, uh, <laughs> so, so yeah so stay tuned we have a lot of stuff coming up on there anyway Uh, Thanks again, Dave. Uh, Thanks to our audience. And that's going to wrap up Primetime Jukebox episode 67 into the annals of history uh, for this late uh, March edition. We uh, just in time to close out International Women's Month. Uh, We'll see everybody next time. Take care.